Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Star Raptor, for episode 86 of Outer Rim Transmission. It's a big show this week because we got not one trailer to break down, but two. We have Jedi Survivor as well as Bad Batch Season 2, and maybe we'll even have some time to check out some leaked set photos from the Acolyte. I have some reinforcements joining me along with Ben, along with Millen. I brought along Chris Siekel from the Star Wars Underworld and Culture Slate. How's it going, man? And welcome to Outer Rim Transmission. Yeah, I believe this is the first time I've ever been on your show. It doesn't feel like it because you're usually on our show and have been so many times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you guys, like I always say, inspiration. You are the first person in the Star Wars fandom I ever met in person, technically, because at New York Comic Con, I think it was 2016 right. or something like that. It was, yeah. it was a cool yeah, it was almost 10 years yeah. ago. Like, oh, my heck? gosh. That is really scary thought. A really scary thought right yeah. there. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, before I bring in the other guys, let's just talk about what you're doing right now with Culture Slay. If you wanted to give any shout outs off the top of the show, uh, just tell our listeners, our viewers, uh, first off, what's Culture Slate about? Yeah, so uh, I've been in Star Wars fandom for well over 10 years now, uh, running Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, doing podcasts, podcast networks, all of these things. Uh, I used to also run an online radio station called Channel 1138. That was pretty much all Star Wars talk. And the thing about it was it was really fun. Um, but we wanted to take things to the next level. We wanted to move beyond Star Wars and being like a fan site, fan organization that kind of revolved around the name Star Wars and all of the IPs. So a lot of the people that have worked on the projects that I've worked on in the past, Star Wars Underworld Channel 1138, um, all the various Facebook pages and things, uh, a lot of us have come together to create an employee-owned media company called Culture Slate. Uh, which is uh, basically just your general news organization and media organization uh, for fandom-related topics. We still focus very heavily on Star Wars because most of us are Star Wars fans. It's the one commonality that pretty much everybody has that works at Culture Slate. Um, but th we talk about a lot of other stuff, too, uh, on our website and in our media. So you can find everything at cultureslate.com. We post, like, 10 articles a day about various topics. Um, and then we have various YouTube channels as well about different topics that are connected to that. Um, uh, one of our favorites is Culture Slate Reacts, where um, our good friend Catherine Carter reacts to the newest Star Wars things and many other things like Marvel as well and that's that's a really fun channel that people love yeah it's a it's a fantastic idea because as you said there's just so much to keep track i mean just look at earlier this year we had rings of power we had house of the dragon we had she hulk we had andor like all the fandoms everything has something ongoing all the time it's not just movies anymore it's series it's everything else the connective tissue games whatever so it's it's great to have that outlet to just give people a chance to write about what they care about and get stuff, their, their feelings and their thoughts out to the masses pretty, pretty regular. And like you said, with the, the companion YouTube channel, I watched a lot of those reacts and it's a, it's a great fun not time to have just people's raw emotions. Uh, she does a great job of just reacting. Um, I, you know, I react, but it's like, damn, I, you know, that's, that's a good 
good shot right there with having all of that that layout in, in the land there. Um, tell us about the Star Wars Underworld, too. I know a lot of listeners and the viewers, it's a little cross-pollinization I have going on here, but not everybody has maybe heard of them. So let's, let's hear about them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Star Wars Underworld goes back a long, long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. Like, <laughs> one of the first few. There were, there's been some earlier waves of, like, Star Wars organizations and Star Wars podcasts. Like, there's the real kind of prehistory people, like the Force cast and, and uh, the Force.net, Rebel Scum. Like, that. those are kind of the OG original Star Wars mm-hmm. things. So we kind of view ourselves as the next generation. Like, a lot of that stuff was started by Gen X people who grew up with uh, seeing A New Hope in theaters. So the Star Wars Underworld was started by a bunch of people who grew up seeing The Phantom Menace Mm -hmm. as their first Mm -hmm. movie in theaters. And uh, we launched right uh, right after the Clone Wars series started. So we were huge fans of the prequels, and uh, we were uh, watching and reviewing and breaking down the Clone Wars show. And that's that's where the Star Wars Underworld got started. The whole concept of Underworld comes from the, the, the Coruscant Underworld mm-hmm. um, idea in Star Wars that was very prevalent at that time and continues uh, to be. Um, so we've been going strong now for uh, almost 13 years. Uh, we've been podcasting for almost all of that. I think we started podcast about a year in, so it's been about 12 years that we've been uh, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it continues to be a really fun time. We're now a YouTube show very similar to, to your show, uh, where we get together every week and go live and talk about the latest Star Wars news and break down whatever was the latest Star Wars thing that came out that that we all watched and enjoyed. So it's myself, uh, my, my good friends Ben and Dominic, and we have a, a new addition to our cast, uh, Hannah Rayside as well, who also has a really exciting YouTube channel. Like I kind of want to promote her almost more than than, <laughs> than myself because a lot of people don't know who she is because she's kind of new on the block. She started her channel this year. Um, she, I, I kind of was someone who's developed inside the culture site company and then branched off to do her own thing which is super exciting so definitely look her up her name's hannah rayside r-a-e-s-i-d-e uh she's got one of the best new youtube channels and it's like super it's like gaining like a thousand subscribers like every few weeks it's like blowing up right now so get on that train so you can say you're one of the early people because <laughs> she's going to be dead. Well, well, we might have had a slight part in that. I'm not saying that we all had a part here, but sorry, Chris, but she actually beat you off to the podcast before you got on here. So, yeah, we I, had that I, I knew that she'd been around. Um, so I'm glad that you guys have had a chance to <laughs> talk oh, with yeah. her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So now we have the quad whatever of, of the <laughs> Star Wars Underworld is here. Uh, everybody has been on at least once and with hopes that everybody will be on uh, at least a couple more times. Uh, who knows how long? But anyway, um, yeah, so Star Wars Underworld, fantastic. I listened to you guys. Um, I remember vividly, actually, I was listening to David Gramillion's show. Remember that guy? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's OG. The geek. Wow. The geek. Get your geek on. Get your geek oh on. Oh, my God. I remember, like, back in, I think there was 2012, because, or 2013, because mm-hmm. I had just moved into college. And, uh, yeah, I was just in my apartment, and 
I was listening to these guys and they're like, I, you guys must have came up at least at some point or something. And then I was just like, oh, these guys are really cool. They're just like me. They're like the Phantom Menace. They grew up in the same era. Like these guys are, these are the type of people I want to associate, associate myself with. And then I just somehow through osmosis just like ended up on one of your shows at one point and it all just went down. That, Everybody knows a story. But that's a really, that's a really fun one. Um, because I, I used to produce David Grimley's show. Like, that's oh. how I was involved with it. I was the producer, and he for a while his show was on the radio station that I ran, Channel 1138. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny what happened there, because we ended up um, splitting up, um, and we ended up both doing very similar uh, terrestrial radio shows. Um, mm -hmm. I, he took Get Your Geek On to radio in Texas, and then I created um, uh, an, uh, another geek radio show um, that ended up on the radio in Los Angeles for a mm. while. Uh, so uh, it's kind of funny how that online thing that became kind of two terrestrial wow. actual radio shows. It's really, really fun. That's cool, man. Taking a trip down... Down memory lane, I want to bring the other guys in for the conversation. Ben, Milton, as we always do, did you guys experience something fun uh, with Star Wars this week besides watching some really good trailers? <laughs> um, other than that, I mean, not really. It, it was just kind of a normal yeah. normal week in terms of Star Wars stuff. You know, chatting with other Star Wars fans online as usual. Um, that's always a nice part of the week, just socializing with people, talking Star Wars debating star wars you know it's always it's always a good time um talking about this franchise and that's about it really nothing nothing too like out of the ordinary though mm -hmm. Millen, how's it going yeah, same here yeah it's good man everything's great um not i don't have anything yet this week i know i will tomorrow because um as you guys know i'm going to update you next week on the chronicles of watching the original trilogy with my friend okay watch oh nice the jedi tomorrow night um, so what we're going to do is going to do like a quick, like, do like a 30 minute uh, recap of Empire. So we'll probably watch the last like 20 minutes of Empire and lead that into Return of the Jedi tomorrow night just to refresh your memory of what happened at Empire. So that's going to be my week in Star Wars. And you'll get an update about that next week. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. For me personally, I jumped back into Fortnite. This is going to be very quick. I jumped back in Fortnite and I was battling, as a stormtrooper, battling Black Kersan. <laughs> just in the middle of the new Fortnite <laughs> update. It just brings me to just say, hey, Fortnite's crazy. It's literally like the metaverse encapsulated in this video game as everybody wants it to be. It's like, well, that's Fortnite for you because you, you have, you know... Gerald of Rivia over here fighting some anime character over here who's fighting Spider-Man who's fighting Luke Skywalker. So at this point, it's just absolute chaos. And uh, it was fun. It was fun. So I, I don't play Fortnite much, but I, I, I was like, I was on a gaming spree. I, I played like, try, tried like five different games in one day. Just like a little, like, play one match of this, play one match of this. And it's like, well, let me try Fortnite. So yeah, fun times, fun times there. <laughs> I actually do have a, a week in Star Wars. I just okay. remembered it because it happened this morning as I think about it. I was at the gym, cardio. I was watching some Star Wars videos and trailers. And so I don't know if you guys have seen someone on YouTube. Like They took the Duel of the Fates music and they uh, sunk it with the Rey versus Kylo fight in hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Okay. You guys seen that before? No. Yep. 
Have it. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's, it's really good. It's like, great. I, I'm thinking to myself, man, they should have used the prequel music for that particular fight. <laughs> it, it works well. Like I'm not like I'm not, you know, disrespecting that scene. I actually do like that scene in the yeah. movie. But um that music makes it a better battle. It it makes it a more powerful battle. And then also I was watching some of the trailers of the sequel trilogy. You know how I feel about the sequel trilogy, Chris and Ben. We'll say the trailers were pretty damn good for the sequel trilogy. I will say yeah. how they cut them. Oh, yeah. That, that's good work. Like, I'll give them that credit. When it comes to the films, I'm wishy-washy, but the, the trailers did a good job. Yeah, it's it was funny. great marketing. It's funny because there's been more than one instance where they use Duel the Fates in a teaser trailer, and it never ends up in the actual movie. And I get so irritated by that because it's like, oh, it's this curse that keeps happening. Just put the darn song in there already because we all love it so no, much. So it's like, come on. I have to send it. Yeah, I have to send it to you, Ben, or to to you, Chris, because someone did that for that particular scene, and it worked out perfect. And also, someone. Spliced uh, Anakin's dark deeds mm. with the Luke and uh, Luke and Kylo duel, or you know, interaction at the end of the Last Jedi, and it works out perfect. I'm thinking, man, if they would have sliced this music together, I, I would have liked those scenes significantly better. Heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, so some housekeeping, getting into the proper show here you guys can always listen to us we put up the podcast new episodes go live monday mornings and you can download them on spotify apple music wherever you get your podcast and you can always join us live every friday at nine o'clock eastern here on youtube.com slash star raptor join the conversation join the live chat we love to have uh, you guys chiming in along with the discussion. So out this week, we had two entries for publishing that came out this week. The first one is Hidden Empire issue number two. Hidden Empire issue number two. It's the big mini series that is going to basically uh, give us the rest of Kira's journey in between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Now we have Darth Vader entering a fray. Um, so a lot of cool stuff heating up there. We also have Starlight Stories, which released, which is just a compilation of the High Republic short stories for Phase 1 that were published in the Star Wars Insider magazines. They would put out like part one of two every month. I think there's like six total stories in that or something like that um, from all the architects of the, of the High Republic. Um, speaking of the High Republic, we're going to jump right into our first story here. This comes to us from the Daily Mail, and it is the Acolyte set photos. So did any of you guys get a chance to look at these? I was thinking, eh, I'm going to avoid these. I'm going to avoid these. But, you know, this thing is so far off that I feel like I would see these things eventually anyway. So I just gave in, and I, and I looked at a few. So what were your guys' first reactions, Chris? Yeah, I am so incredibly excited for this show. Um I actually, uh, my expectations have kind of been tempered a little bit by the fact that Andor was so good that I, I kind of mm -hmm. do expect the second season of Andor to be probably the best thing on the horizon for Star Wars right now. So the Acolyte's taken a backseat to that in my, mm -hmm. in my mind. But with the exception of that, like, I've never been as hyped for anything before as I've been for the Acolyte. Uh, you know, all the Star Wars shows they take place in a very narrow timeline, extremely narrow timeline. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you extend back to kind of the uh, first few episodes of Tales of the Jedi, you know, you don't you don't have much of a time span between that and the Mandalorian. And so the idea that they're going back, you know, over 100 years 
to tell a story that that is very different and then also bridges the gap in some ways between the the higher public book uh, timeline and the the, the the all the other stuff mm-hmm. um i i think it is really really cool and to have that show be about force wielders is really mm. really cool so um i i love these photos they're really intriguing um you definitely kind of see that high republic influence and mm-hmm. in the the video style of the costumes which is kind of really exciting to see um and uh yeah it's just it's just cool that they're filming this and that it's actually happening and that you know this we've had all these issues with stars films where we get excited for them and then they don't happen but that's not the case with most of the tv series so it's really nice to actually see that this thing that they've been talking about for a while is actually happening they're actually filming it we're actually gonna get this mm-hmm. uh, very distant prequel show and the first thing kind of in live action not really in the saga or saga jason timeline ever so yeah. exciting yeah so many so many great points you made there chris um starting with hey you know lately <laughs> movies have not been in a good place and uh but this thing got announced back in 2020, right? December 2020. And we're just seeing set pictures now. So it's like, yeah, it's been a little bit of a long haul. We've heard from the showrunner how much she's into the lore. And we're all about that. Like, yes, we want somebody very heavily involved. And you don't have to be heavily involved. I mean, like you said, Chris, Andor, I, I agree with you. It's probably the best thing Star Wars has seen in the last couple of years from just like a quality perspective. And uh, Tony Gilroy just flat out says, eh, I don't really like Star Wars. So that you don't you can't really go against that. But it always bodes well when somebody knows the nitty and gritty of the, of the galaxy. Uh, ben, what was your first uh, Can reaction? I jump oh, in yeah. really quick yeah, there sure. and say that despite the fact that Leslie Headland, the showrunner, is very much into Star Wars, there was an article that came out about how some of the writers of the show are not. Yep. So you still are going to have that element to oh, it. Okay. The, the funny thing is, I'm sure you guys remember about that, when, when it came out about the writers not being into it, the next day was when Leslie Headland was like, but remember, guys, like, I'm into Star Wars, and, you know, she put, she had an interview with her, like, talking about her history with Star Wars. So, you know, it was like mm-hmm. a big PR thing. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, that, that whole thing, it doesn't really matter. Like, as long, at the end of the day, if they're, you know, a good creator, they, they can do a good job. Like, you know, as long as they can tell a good story in Star Wars, it, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, but like Chris said, you know, it, it's nice having that as, like, a little bonus, but it's not like a maximum like requirement um but yeah for me for this for these uh set photo leaks i was in the boat you know i I remember just a month or two ago talking to one of my cousins i was like man i don't even know if this show's even gonna happen because we haven't heard much about it we haven't seen much from it like you know and how many countless projects are like on the island of like canceled star wars or Mm. you know disappeared star wars (laughs) projects i was like is this going to be another one because you know we didn't really hear much about it from celebration we haven't heard about it like um at d23 or or anything along those lines so it was just like finally it's here and then you know like you mentioned chris it's like now that we have set photos it's like we know it's happening like they can't they can't go back on it now so like it's (laughs) it's nice and um yeah like seeing the costumes the way they were i mean i'm not a person who has gotten like really big into the high republic my main uh high republic info has been coming from, like chris a lot of his breakdowns and whatnot um but yeah like when i saw those costumes and stuff i thought of like the images i've seen from the high republic like books and stuff 
Mm-hmm. You know, it definitely resembles that. And uh, it's nice because, you know, sometimes as Star Wars fans, like, we get into the whole nitty-gritty of, like, are these shows actually connecting to the books? Like, you know, for example, we, you know, we had all the, the chatter around the Ahsoka stuff from Tales of the Jedi and, and that whole thing. So, you know, the, it's nice that, like, they're taking, like, an, an accurate um, portrayal of the High Republic costume design into live action. And, you know, I'm sure it'll pay off once we see it in, like, you know, full-blown, however it looks, actually, in actual, like, scenes and trailers and whatnot. Yeah, Milton, wow, which of these photos stood out to you? I haven't seen them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have, I've not seen them yet. Um, let's take a look. Well, I can't, I mean, I, I've heard <laughs> about them. Like, I know I know they came out. I just haven't seen them yet. Um, it comes to my, my thoughts on wanting this show. I mean, I think I'm like Ben a little bit where it's like, are we really going to get this show? Again, we have well, now that, now, now, that, now that we have set photos, Milton, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. And so, like, I think I think once I see them, I mean, I, I don't want to be that person to make an assumption off of set photos. I mean, that's never a good thing. Um, but hopefully show is just like we – hopefully it's different. You know, hopefully it's something that we kind of got, like, and or. And I know all the things that were said today pretty much adds up to that, but – Again, I want it to be something that's fresh, something that's different, something that's going to expand Star Wars, um, and just continue to you know to grow the prop- uh, the property. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what I'll say is there is a certain Wookiee character. All right, and I'm not yeah. the first one to come yeah. up with this idea, but if they were to make a direct connection to a character, they, I mean, how long do Wookies live? They they could live at least like 300 years, right? I mean, let, yeah. let's just say this guy is Buryaga Agarberry from the very first high republic book i would lose my mind man because how many wookie jedi have we seen i mean besides buryaga there's also the one guy from uh the manga series i forget his name is something with an a but there still there isn't a lot of wookie jedi so i would like to see that happen i would like to see that happen um besides him i'm very excited to see a a, a female zabrik I think that's mm. really cool. Re- Iridonian, however you want to say her yeah. specific uh, Zabrik nationality or species is. But I think that's really cool. Again, we're expanding the universe. We're expanding the lore of Star Wars to to include like larger characters that are more alien. And I think a lot of people are instantly going to draw a contrast, you know, as you would. It's it's impossible to view these things in a vacuum, right? We just got out of Andor and there, there wasn't a lot of aliens. So, you know, a lot of people kind of get grounded in star wars because of the alien species but looking here this is like we got no shortage of of alien unique looking characters so i'll say like my initial uh reaction was like good we're getting like completely different designs and like it goes back to what chris was saying about hey you know this isn't a completely separated era 100 years away from the prequels um so we're gonna see drastic drastic change which is which is what's what's needed. It's what's needed. I, I've been wanting this to happen for literally years now, and it's great to see that's finally finally happening here. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, Ben, what are your thoughts on? I think we see this character played by Daphne Keene from uh, what is it? The uh, Logan, the Logan movie. Now her character looks 
Very interesting. A different kind of hair design. Um, you know, the, she matches with these other characters. They have some kind of bow weapon or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Yeah, I was thinking... Um, so she's not the lead, correct? It's it's uh, Amanda Stenberg, yeah. I think her name is. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So maybe maybe she'll end up being like... I don't even know. You know, maybe... Yeah. I mean, it could. She could literally be anything. I mean, a villain, a, a, a good, good person, or or not. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's just so hard to tell with set photos because, yeah. like, it could literally be anybody. Um, so, like, I feel like it just, you know, it's just a coin toss. But I do think, um, with like a set photo of her getting out, it's like maybe she's one of more of like the more lead type characters for the show versus just being like. You know, a background picture, because like, you know, when we get these leaks, a lot of times the leaks aren't just your like side character number seven in the background of scene X. Like, you know, it's always like a lead person or someone who may be prevalent in the show. So maybe that's what um, she'll end up be, mm-hmm. you know, she'll end up being just like kind of like one of the other leads along with Amanda, uh, um, Amanda, Amanda Sternberger. How are you Amanda saying that? It's Amanda. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Amanda. I, I think, <laughs> I think that the, the, the vibes that I get from these photos is there's a lot of light colors in their costumes, uh-huh. which makes me think that these are mainly heroes that we're seeing. Yep. And perhaps some of them might become traitors later on. But I think the initial premise for the characters that we're seeing is there's a scene where the, the heroes are, are doing something, the protagonists, the Jedi and their accomplices are doing something. And the one thing that we know about this show um, from people talking about descriptions of it is that it's it's most likely going to feature uh, a lot of dark side mm-hmm. user yep. characters and Sith type characters. And so I think perhaps Amandla Sandberg is um, going to be on the antagonist side and a lot of the characters, a lot of the actors that were cast and announced that we didn't see in these leaks probably are going to be the dark side characters. So I think that's one big thing that these leaks have shown is kind of which actors potentially are playing Jedi and, and on the Republic side and which characters that we didn't see are potentially going to be on, on that Sith side or dark side, acolyte side, hence the, yep. the name. Yeah, yeah. We have this one prominent image here from uh, Squid Game star uh, Lee Jung-jae. I, I love the look of his mm-hmm. Jedi, man. He just looks such, such like a regal Jedi with the, with the High Republic golden robes. Um, we did get a specific quote, and this is going off what you just said, Chris, uh, from Daphne Keene, something along the likes, uh, not exact quote, but it's like, hey, this story is about like the infiltration of the Sith in the Jedi Order. And that yeah. is just, there's so much to glean just from that single statement. Like, this is a lot of what people have been wanting for. Coming off of Andor, right, there is a complete void of Jedi and the mythos of the of the Force in general. And I was fine with that. I'm, I'm happy to see the, the galaxy um, completely void of that to just get a different feel of things. But now we're going to go to the polar opposite in Acolyte where we're going to be just entrenched with the dark side, entrenched with the Jedi, seeing different spins on everything as a prequel. So this is going to be uh, what a lot of people have, have been waiting for, for sure. Well, Chris, just to jump in there real quick... Um... You know, you bringing up her quote about infiltrating the Jedi, that actually remind that um, kind of brings me back to I believe it was the article posted on StarWars.com, the one where it said, uh, 
you know, the, the series description where it's like a former Jedi Padawan, you know, so I'm guessing to go along with what you mentioned, Chris, about potential Amanda being the um, antagonist, maybe she'll be the one to like infiltrate the Jedi, you know, be like, I want to come back, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, whatever bad things happen. Mm hmm. So um, there's no there's no mutants in any of these photos yet. I'm hoping for that Plagueis <laughs> reveal down the line, but uh, I'm sure we're question. gonna see. I'm sure we're gonna see a lot more of this, Chris, um, over across the pond when we go to celebration in April. I'm sure they're gonna have a really big panel. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. So I want to transition right into our, our topic, our thumbnail image, if you will, and that is Jedi Survivor at the Game Awards last night on Thursday, as we get every year. This big award ceremony, but unlike the awards, it's more about what's coming out in the foreseeable future. And of course, EA brought out the gameplay reveal trailer for Jedi Survivor. But before we dive in, Chris, I wanted to especially get you on tonight's show because after hearing Star Wars Underworld, you you literally laid down the hammer and said, this is the best Star Wars game ever. So explain. <laughs> um, I, I would say that um, I'm more of a fan of uh, RPG games than mm -hmm. uh, FPS games. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big reasons why I like this game more than a lot of Star Wars games, because a lot of Star Wars games that are popular, like uh, the, the old Battlefront series and the new Battlefront series, are very much FPS games. They mm -hmm. do have story modes in some of them, and campaign modes, um, but the, very much the gameplay is kind of based on that FPS uh, style and that um, arcade battle uh, a style and the co-op play and all of those different things. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that's one reason why I really like this game um, because it has that story element to it that a lot of, that is a lot deeper. Uh, it's very much that that script could have been uh, a series mm -hmm. or a movie very easily. And I don't think you can say that for a good amount of the other Star Wars games. Um, I'm also not a massive fan of what Star Wars has done with MMOs as well. Um, I know a lot of people love The Old Republic, but it's not something that I particularly enjoy. And I also, I never fully enjoyed the gameplay mechanics of uh, uh, KOTOR as well, Knights of the Old Republic. I kind of found the gameplay to be um, a little bit limited yeah. in, in the mechanics, uh, despite the fact that the story actually, I think, was pretty uh, mm -hmm. good for that that game. Um, so I think it's just really, it's just the marriage of everything. I think, you know, there's peak storytelling. I think there's peak uh, gameplay mechanics. Um, as an RPG, it's or, or, it's it's a really good role-playing game. Um, and uh, I just felt when I was playing the game, like I was kind of living inside a Star Wars movie for the duration of playing the game. Like, that's what it felt like. I felt like I was a character inside a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. I think it had a level of immersion to it, um, especially, like, uh, for instance, the level of uh, cohesion between the, the actual gameplay and the cutscenes mm -hmm. and the, the quality of the of the graphics um, not falling off too much between the two and, and that seamless transition there. Like, there's just all these elements to the game that uh, it's like open world concept, despite mm -hmm. it being like an RPG where you're progressing through levels, like all these different things made it just a really cool experience for me. And um, that's, I think that that's why it's, it's my favorite Star Wars game. Yeah, 
For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm there with you. It's any day I wake up, it's a toss up between Jedi Fallen Order and, and the original Knights of the Old Republic, which I find I hold so dear because um, that was one of the games, again, that I bought a system just to play the damn game. Um, uh, but yeah, so so with, with Fallen Order, I echo what you're saying, right? Like this is a, a very rich in story game, so rich in set in between two different eras, the prequels and the original trilogy. I think Cal Kestis as a character, and this is not saying anything bad about just his uh, emotions and his personality, but he's a good vessel for like the everyday person to experience like reclaiming Jedi power. He's a very good, you, you get sucked into his journey and go along with him to just rediscover the force. And there's all stuff about the Zepho mystery of like Eon's past, which is really cool mixed in with the, urbanization of the empire the stuff on Kashyyyk with just like industry tearing down there's a lot of cool like deep messages in this video game which you know we just think yeah like battlefront yeah nothing against battlefront like you were saying but it's just like yeah it's very cut and dry just shoot this guy shoot that guy whereas fallen order really gets into some deep thoughts and and, and things about just uh sacrifice and what's good what's right for the world what's right for you and and just Everything was a lot had a lot more layers to it than we're used to with a lot of these on surface Star Wars games and just the amalgamation of the different kind of gameplay types, like you said, from RPG to action adventure to platformer. It was just a to Metroidvania where you're going back to some of these locations, but then you're more powerful, so you get to really see your guy just just growing in that power of the Force and just taking people down more so than we've even seen in Jedi, um, the Force Unleashed and all that kind of thing. So yeah, fantastic, fantastic video game. And before we get into our frame by frame breakdown, uh, just your quick thoughts on on the trailer, Chris, that we got last night. Yeah, um, it was really great. I would say the the only negative that I had to it was like the, the gameplay footage itself didn't blow me away. Like it didn't feel like it was necessarily a huge upgrade beyond the uh, the the way that the first game looked and felt. So which again, it's like you know what what are you to expect with a sequel? Sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's basically like the same game extended. And this definitely feels like the same game extended, mm -hmm. almost like more mm -hmm. DLCs onto the game than, <laughs> than necessarily like a bigger yeah, version, yeah, yeah, yeah. better version of the previous game. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the only thing that like I felt negatively about it, but like everything else was, was positive. I mean, everything looked fresh. All the characters, locations look new. Uh, Cal himself is, has an upgraded, you know, different different look. He's older, and 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 he looks really really cool. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I I do feel like you know that this is this game's going to continue um, that kind of adventure with with these characters, and is going to feel like a, a next a next step. And like you're going to you know continuing to play the game further, as if you know mm -hmm. you'd only had played half of it. Which I, I think that's that's really cool. I don't think it, it doesn't seem like it's going to kind of rehash or retread or just try to kind of make another version of the game that we already got, which is a mm -hmm. lot of times the concern with with sequels. So mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm excited about what we're what we're seeing um so far and uh so far it looks like it's 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 a good extension of of the franchise rather than just kind of like oh we're putting it out again to make more money yeah oh man I, I i totally agree with a lot of those thoughts although i will push back a little bit just to say i think they're holding their cards to their chest well they are holding the cards to their chest 
because we haven't gotten much about uh, oh how big are these worlds works but i think that's going to be the big thing right that's i think true. we're going to get into it um there's a mount at one point he's riding or two mounts or something so that automatically signals to me oh these are much bigger worlds that you can't just run around and you're going to need a mount to run around which could also equal like hey there's maybe side quests because i was a big uh, i'm hoping that respawn kind of listen to some of the feedback because this game it got rave reviews, but there's also a lot of people out there like, hey, you know, if there is going to be a sequel, let's add some more companion characters. Let's add this. So, uh, you know, this game's been in development for about three years now. So they've had time to iterate on what they've already had. And I assume this is like the same engine that they've already used. So I'm hoping that like they could have already hit the ground running. They didn't have to build the game from the ground up. Like you said, it's almost like an updated version. But sometimes the updated version is even, you know, that's actually what we really need. You don't need to reinvent the wheel in order to get the game to be um, that much better. Like I'm looking at, I haven't played it myself, but I'm looking at, I looked at a lot of re reviews for God of War, Ragnarok, and that somehow that the sequel got like higher scores than the original. And the original was already well regarded as one of the best games ever made. And now Ragnarok is one of the best games ever made. And that game didn't really reinvent the wheel from its earlier um, entries. So I, I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's kind of like the ground that Respawn is is going down. I want you guys, uh, Ben and Milton, to chime in. Um, what were your thoughts on the on the trailer here? Yeah. Um, I, go, go ahead, Ben. Oh, oh go ahead, Milton. Go ahead. I was gonna say um yeah i did watch that actually yesterday and um i liked it i mean it, it didn't blow me away because honestly i still haven't played the first one yet like mm -hmm. I, it's still in my case downstairs I just haven't sat down and just <laughs> getting the time to play it because i know you have to be invested i'm um, people keep telling me like it's a game that you're going to be invested in so um but for what i've seen from the trailer i'm excited for the game to come out um, obviously I want to play the first one before I even get mm -hmm. into the second one. I think yep. I want to check out that story. Um, I like the visuals. Um, it, it did give me a lot of the, um, force unleashed feel to it, especially when it comes to like storytelling aspects mm -hmm. of it. Um, cause I felt that first force unleashed was a really strong story. Um, I'm hoping that the sequel to this game will be better than what the sequel was with the force unleashed. Oh, I hope it is. Oh, yeah, I mean, and, and look, I, I don't I, I don't <laughs> mind that game. I actually like it still, but it was disappointing. And that was a lot of internal stuff of Lucasfilm oh, games yeah. at okay. the time. Like, it was just a lot of stuff going on with that. So I'm hoping that this particular game doesn't disappoint because you know how I feel about Star Wars and the video games the last seven years. <laughs> like, they have had a horrible track record to me. So thus far, they've had a hit to continue that momentum and hopefully build a franchise within the franchise. Yeah, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I thought the trailer looked really good um, for the most part. I, I always love one of the um, one of the most fun things for me about the entire Fallen Order series is seeing my guy Cameron Monaghan from the Gotham days back mm -hmm. in the day to, you know, being in Star Wars now. I just I just love seeing him in Star Wars. Um, it's like it's always great to see him, um, especially that interview you sent us today. Chris. Oh, yeah. That was a really nice little interview he did um, about the game and then. You know, as for the trailer, I think the trailer looked really good. Um, it, I mean, it looked like they're going to give us a proper sequel to the first game, you know? So, like, you know, I, like John Campy always says, like, you know, do trailers raise your excitement level? And if they do, that means they're did, they did their job. And, like, mm -hmm. this one did its job. I'm more excited for the game, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I do agree with you, though, Chris, on kind of the... Um, 
the gameplay aspect look of it, it definitely looks like they just kind of like, you know, copy and pasted the gameplay, I think. Um, but hey, like, what, what do you expect? Like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't think they were, were going to revolutionize the gameplay from one game to the next, even, even though it's been a two and a half, three year span, just because it's like, you know, you don't want to overhaul your entire, like, like mm-hmm. game mechanics, mm-hmm. the look of the game, the feel of the game. Like you don't want to overhaul that and like potentially give customers like I don't know, not like sticker shock, but you know what I mean. <laughs> like, like you know, a totally just different experience where it's like, wait, this isn't like the first game at all. So I think that's where the gameplay stuff comes from is just them kind of just like sticking to it. But yeah, that was about the only like iffy part of it to me where it didn't look like they innovate. They it didn't look like they innovated too much, but Hey, it's it's the first trailer. Yeah, we got the dark. First yeah, big one. certainly, we got Dark Nuri Gonzo in the chat. Jedi Fallen Order beats the Force Unleashed both gameplay and story wise. I agree. Yeah, uh, second game as Milton pointed out, not the strongest suit. Uh, not the strongest suit in the Star <laughs> Wars pantheon of games. But I do want to dive in deep to the actual frames of that I pulled from the actual game. Now we're gonna get the Bad Batch. I know you just seen a preview. We're gonna get the Bad Batch in the later half of tonight's episode. But uh, let's open up with some mysterious things in the trailer here, as you're seeing on the screen. We have Cal discovering some ancient being in the back of the tank. And this was revealed on StarWars.com's gallery images. Yeah, I dug deep into this, as I do with this game franchise. I love it. They do say he's kind of an ancient, an ancient character or something. Um, so I just... You know, this is this is cool. How I like how we're getting this mystery tease of this character that I'm not even I'm not familiar with this character. I don't know if you guys have seen him before. I think he's brand new character. As you see this up close images not. here, yeah, this up close image here it, it evokes Vader in the back of the tank with like the breathing apparatus on his face. Uh, interesting about what the dialogue is being said as this is being played over. How he's been freed. How the how he's been betrayed. Oh man, this is this is interesting. I did not expect this game to go in this direction. Yeah, this is this is this is very intriguing, and I was I was really confused at first because you know I, I initially when I saw the trailer I like wasn't even sure if all those shots were like. Mhm. Yeah, uh, I think we lost Here's Chris. Cut off. I think we lost Chris. <laughs> I think we. I think we. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, hey, um, technology well, life. Yeah, well, well, while he uh, reconnects and stuff, I'll just hop in there. Yeah, I think the, um, I think it's interesting the whole back to tank thing. And Chris, I was actually going to ask you, or well, both of you guys, um, since you guys are more knowledgeable about the higher public than myself, is there any, you know, you bring up it being an ancient character. Is there any character so far that has been like I don't know? severely damaged and then like you know goes missing or anything and then maybe they connect it no we haven't we haven't gotten anything mm-hmm. just like that yet i have a feeling that they're mm-hmm. not going to even reveal this character at all like until the game and what i like then we're going to go uh talking about that interview that you mentioned ben and i sent you guys um in your interview is straight up asked like about star wars canon and characters being continued and stuff like that in other mediums and they're like cameron monahan's like look like we're telling all the jedi story in the games like the main story is in the games we're not piecing anything together through other media 
yet, but you're going to yep. get the story. You're going to get what you want. If you're a game player, you're going to get it all from the game. So I believe like, Hey, like this is, this is the story here. Um, and that's just it. isolated so, more than anything. I, and I like, I appreciate that. I, I, I do appreciate yep. that. Um, getting further. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Getting further in here to some actual, actual gameplay. As I look here, okay, here we go. This is sweet. I jumped in joy at this because this is one of the Magna cards. And it's not going to be the first Separatist Druid we see Cal slaying in this game. But I'm just happy that, you know, uh, yeah, you can keep the gameplay generally the same. But a, a good way to switch it up is just change AI, change characters, and go from go from there. Chris, um, I think you're back now. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. The yeah. Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi cut out and... <laughs> Now it's, it's back. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, you were um, talking yeah, about sorry, that I, I guy was in the middle of saying before, the just yep. to wrap up what I was saying, was that um, I, I wasn't sure who the character was, and I thought it might be multiple characters, and it took me a minute to piece together the shots. I had to watch it a few times to realize, oh, that's all the same character, and now, now I'm sure, yeah, I've not seen that character before, because looking at every angle, there's things I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The character in fact, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's interesting, right? Like, the... the the separatists they're gone they've been gone for at least like 10 years this game takes place five years after the first one so that puts it at like that 10 year mark after revenge of sith actually smack dab with solo same era with obi-wan series so we are far enough away but it does seem and we'll get later into the trailer you'll see some b1 battle droids but it's like oh cool like somebody has reactivated some of the droids that's interesting And moving on here. Oh, man. Yeah, so this is another nice shot of... We got some Imperials. We got the good old K2KX droid. We got a flame trooper awesome. here. We got, like, um, an Imperial compound. So what I will say about just, like, glancing over some of these shots here is we're getting a wide array of environments, which is great because you look at the original game. You had Kishik. You had a couple original locations um, like Zepho. We had Dathomir. We had uh, Braca. Like I had a lot of like mix and matching, and they didn't. They, I don't know if you, you know, pointed out anything that was familiar to you, but I, I really think that each one of these things they showed is brand new. I mean, I don't know if we get further in the trailer so breakdown. There yeah, was, I agree with you. I, yeah. I did not recognize much at all in this. Yeah, and, and I'll point out what I think I might know later on as we get to it. But Ben, what, what's your take on? Just the overall combat that that you've played so far, because I imagine you you haven't finished the game uh, completely, the first one. Uh, but what was your take with the the enemies you fight so far? Well, well, I mean, I I mean, I have I've finished the I haven't. Okay, here's my story on Fallen Order. So I haven't finished the game playing it by myself, like solo straight away through. But back um, when the game first came out, my ex girlfriend at the time, me and her, like. You know, we sat down one night and just kept handing the controller back and forth. Like, we played through the whole game when it came out. I just haven't played through it, you know, solo, like, by myself. Um, so, like, that's kind of, like, my history with Fallen Order. Um, but, but, uh, but, yeah, like, I think the gameplay looks really, um, looks clean, fluid. And one of the most interesting parts of the gameplay, especially from this trailer, I'm sure we'll get into it with sh different shots, but... Um, you know, the fact it looks like we're being able to, like, dual wield, potentially, like, mm -hmm. blaster and lightsaber type thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that is a really 
interesting um, aspect because I wonder, I wonder how you'll like be able to like do that, like you know, just 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 the the mechanics of it and stuff, and how that'll work out. Um, you know, if there's like combos or things, and um, you know, I'm really interested to see how they they incorporate that and like you know how you just actually do it. Oh heck yeah. For sure, for sure. Looking at this next shot here, oh, man, this is, there's so much to break down from this because this guy has a yellow lightsaber. This evokes that classic McQuarrie design for some reason, where it's like that Luke Sky Killer or whatever Star Killer, Luke Star Killer design fighting against, you know, some dude with a gas mask. It looks like the same concept almost, right? Yeah. Now here's my question for you guys, because again, I haven't played the game yet, so I'm not super familiar with the story. So from looking at this image, is Cal and actually is he a good lightsaber duelist? I, uh, I know his story was like he 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 left the order when he's a kid. He had to relearn it throughout the game. From my understanding, is he actually good with wielding a, wielding a saber? He gets better. I'll what, tell you that what, much. He certainly you feel like underpowered. Yeah, wasn't some of the idea that he had kind of lost his memories or his abilities, and he had to kind of get them back and that kind yeah. of was a, a gameplay or like a story mechanic that then allowed you to kind of do tutorials in the gameplay mm -hmm. in a sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, uh, yeah I'm, and i'm asking that just because i'm seeing this image and it's like i assume the person with the gold silver or excuse me the gold yellow lightsaber can you know kick someone's ass um and i don't really know cal's skill potential yet now from the trailer he looked like he could handle himself um yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see how they're going to do, I guess, the one-on-one -on -one battles when it comes to saber, saber combat. Like, what oh, is it yeah. like in the first game? Oh, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome, right, Chris? Like, like I'm looking at the battles between yeah. the ninth sister on Kashyyyk. That's one of my favorite battles. Yeah. Um, the one dude that's like a dark side user on, not Korriban, but Dathomir, Malagos mm -hmm. or something, was it? Like Malagos or I'm something? Right. And then, and then, oh my gosh, the the last duel with uh, with uh, this the sad won't spoil the second sister that you have the duel with. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you you play that on a higher difficulty, you'll be uh, should have smash yeah. your controller. It's it's intense. Like yeah. the, the boss battles are so good, the mechanics are so tight. Like you don't ever feel like you're being cheated. Like you have to learn how to actually like counter mm -hmm. certain things and memorize patterns. It's like very much Dark Souls um, in that in that regard. But yeah, I mean. By the end of that game, like Cal has definitely come a long way, and you feel it because he's been hiding as a Jedi for the longest time. So he's kind of repressed his Force abilities, so he doesn't get discovered. So that's like the idea is like you're you're slowly opening yourself back up to the Force, and and all this stuff is washing back over you essentially. But okay. I I like this idea, and I I'm gonna keep saying this until I'm done with the game. Like this is Star Killer. This is. This is Star Killer here. This is no an way. undercover Dude, Star Killer. No way, no way. I, I saw, I saw you put that in a tweet or something. And I was first of all, sure. Then I'm thinking to myself, if Chris thinks that we're that they're bringing Star Killer in a game, there's no way right now they're going to put him in a live action. No, they're going to they're gonna put him in a game first. Yeah, no, no. Listen, he's too such a well-known character, and everyone, everyone likes him. Like, and Sam Witwer is alive and young enough to play that character. So. Same in live action because that's where I want to see him first. Like, cause I already seen saw him in the game. I got the games to still play. I want to see Star Killer in the live action version. And you you can mesh his story in Star Wars. You can figure it out. But 
There's no way to put him in this game. No way. But I think what what who this guy is or this character. I don't even know if he is a guy or what he is exactly. But his lightsaber design is almost just like Cal. So something is a connection between these two characters. I think the easy thing to guess is it's going to be the guy that was in the back to tank. But maybe Cal has a brother from the Jedi Academy or something. I yeah, that that was my assumption when I when I saw the later scene uh, with him in his outfit. I'm like that. I, th- I that looks like the same character that was in the back to tank. I, I'm going to guess that it's the same character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see a cockpit shot here, and I think we've seen maybe this in the reveal trailer, just the idea that Cal is crashing on his planet, but the idea that he doesn't have a crew anymore. We're like, where's Sarah Junda? Where is uh, Mirren? Where is Gree? Where's everybody? At least BD's there with them, but it makes you wonder well, what exactly is happening, because that was part of the fun of the game, is being able to go back on your ship in between missions and just chit-chat with your with her compatriots there. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure with I'm sure that'll probably be a really early, early part of the game. Like, you know, giving that answer as to where they're at versus like, you know, I don't know. I think it's like a small chance that's later in the game just because it's like, you know, hey, it's the trailer. You know, they're. I don't know. I just feel like that shot specifically just it just screams like I could see like that being like an opening type sequence of of the sequel just because it's like you know how how are you going to open it like leading off of the end of the first game mm. this is a fantastic shot i love like this perspective shot of cal um just looking out at the horizon of this brand new planet this is a brand new planet in star wars at least we haven't seen it in live action maybe it's from the books or something but it just again shows you the that this game is now going to be a PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and PC game. You're you're not going to be able to buy this on PS4 or Xbox One, which is a good thing in my eyes. I mean, yeah, it sucks if you don't have one, but the consoles have been out for two and a half years by the time this game came out. So, I mean, it's well, enough. Those things are mortgage payments, Chris. <laughs> hey, you could have got a good deal on Black Friday. You could have got a $250 Xbox. Nah, I miss me with that, bro. I own a house, my man. That's just going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um, no the, the um, fidelity I, I i love the uh the visuals and and the art of the planets um in the previous game and then what mm-hmm. we're looking in in this trailer i mean that was one of the more exciting immersive parts about the game is um how unique all the different planets were and how alien some of them were and like especially like going to dathomir was like amazing like they animated oh that so well the graphics are amazing on that planet so um i'm really looking forward to seeing the, this this uh what they can do in this in this one yeah this is uh i believe oh, this is yeah. unreal engine 5 mm-hmm, the latest and the greatest there that's what they actually helped develop the mandalorian on with the um stagecraft tech they use like real-time uh rendering from the unreal engine 5 um so this is this is cool tech ben were you saying something oh no i was just gonna say yeah i mean i agree with you you both like i think um that was one of the most charming part of the first game part of the first um uh fallen order game just because you know it's like when you hop into a Star Wars game, of course you have the story you want to do and all that. But like to me, one of my biggest things I like to do in any Star Wars game, whether it be the Fallen Order game, the Battlefront games, the Lego games, um, the old Obi Wan game, like any of them really, is just go and like walk around and explore. You know, like mm-hmm. you like you mentioned, the Dathomir yep. map was really or the level was really great. Um, 
you know, just some of like different different buildings, like ships, th- different things you've been in through the game. Like those are some of the best parts of Star Wars game. It's not, it's it's you know, it's not even like playing the actual story. It's just like going and walking around the planet. Um, I mean, you know, back in the day, like I mentioned, the Kenobi game was so much fun because the first few levels of that, like you're in the Coruscant like underworld and stuff. So it's it's cool just like getting to actually like explore the Star Wars universe because we really don't have an open world um, console mm-hmm. Star Wars game at the moment where you can just hop in and just like walk around, you know? Yeah. So it's nice like getting these games like Fallen Order where you can just like get out there and explore and like, you know, just check everything out. Yeah, I remember when Battlefront uh, 2015, no, it was Battlefront 2 yeah. came out. That was like the first like story game under the Disney umbrella with like the story group and all that stuff. I was taking my sweet ass time just like looking at the the tiniest details. I was like, oh, this is canon, guys. All this stuff is legit. This is the new Star Wars storytelling in video games. And I spent like too much time just walking around going, oh, look how great this looks. But um, yeah, <laughs> now, now, now with Survivor coming out and Fallen Order, it's like, okay, this is meant to be doing that sort of critique and detail. Looking at this next shot. Um, something I will be spending a lot of time in this specific room. It looks like our good buddy, Sarah Jenda, who is like the ad hoc instructor of Cal Kessis on his uh, runaway from the Inquisitors in the Fallen Order game. She has set up shop, I believe. This is in uh, Bogata, or um, I think that's the place where uh, Bogano, Bogano, Bogano. Uh, and she has set up almost like a Jedi archive in this freaking place. This is crazy. Yeah, that's that's super awesome. When I saw that at first, I thought, "Wait a minute, how how are they back at the temple? The temple's been turned, turned down. What, what happened?" I, I have a timeline that all confused, but um, that that's really cool that that they're they're doing that because like the whole concept of like Jedi lore is something that we talked about earlier make makes this franchise so so cool. So the idea of them potentially having like an archive where maybe you can look into some more lore that's pretty cool and a place to collect everything like that's that's a cool idea perhaps cows as he discovers things um throughout his journey um might be adding to this this archive oh that, that's that, a good idea yeah yeah, oh. I, yeah i could definitely see that happening you know you yeah. playing throughout this game collect an object and oh bring it back to the archive you know that sort of thing and it like tracks your progress and it's you know part of the jedi lore like Oh I can definitely gosh. see that happening. Can you actually. imagine? Can you imagine if like you're finding like Jedi hollow journals of like people from like pre High Republic and stuff like that? Where I could have a channel just dedicated to those darn books, you know? Like, oh, this is the journal number three, and go and do a three minute video about oh this simple paragraph of this character doing this, and it's all in the game, you know? That could be huge, <laughs> and then people like me would just a hundred percent the game as quick as possible to find all the little little nuggets there. Um, as we talked about before with this next shot, it's Cal holding up a, a stormtrooper with the force and doing some kind of mind trick to like use him as a floating turret to kill his own men. This is definitely not in the game for the first one. So this is how they are um, you know, capitalizing on just the increased skill of because I was sure as hell hope that we don't start in this game. Oh, we have to suddenly get all our skills back. I, I think they made that clear. In I don't the think so. I've, I've yeah. heard a few people talk about this. Um, I think um, uh, Stars Explained talked about this um, in his video, um, where like you know, uh, 
you could have restarted it, but I, I think they're going to just have the same abilities that you gained at the end of the previous game, and then you're going to have all these new abilities that are going to be added in um, after the fact, and then that's how you're going to progress in the game, is just adding more onto it, and including perhaps like flying with these creatures and such. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ben, what were your thoughts on the yeah. Force powers in Fallen Order? Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they were um, one of the most fun parts of the first game, and you know, like you both mentioned, when it comes to the second one, that was my con- concern as well going into it because it's like, are we starting from scratch and building clear back up to the, you know, to the final hurrah again? But but then you know, as I thought about it more, it's like, no, they're probably just going to keep building it, and then you know, just scale your um, I guess opposition through the game to be harder to match, like you know what I mean, to like match your skill level mm-hmm. in the force, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Looking at this next one, this is what I was alluding to before. It's Cal uh, looking at a creature now. It's a a very prevalent thing with Jedi now, whether it be the High Republic or just you know people like Kanan or Ezra to to attach themselves with the force to creatures to allow them to be controlled or used as allies and different things. And as I was saying before, he's, he's approaching this creature. It looks like he's trying to attach with the Force. And the next shot here, <laughs> we see him going high velocity, just, you know, charging a battle droid, just chopping him in half. This is, this again, is another way of adding to the gameplay and making it feel like this is an actual step up rather than a Jedi Fallen Order 1.5. This is a truly a 2.0 experience because we are having entirely new game mechanics that we had only wished for in the first one. So, Chris, what what do you think about this whole thing with the mounts? This is pretty cool, right? Yeah, I think I think that's that it's awesome, and I, I like your theory that you you had earlier about it potentially being evidence that um, the maps are going to be expanded. Uh, because of the abilities to control creatures and have that add to Cal's abilities. Um, so uh, I think having the ability to fight with them, the ability to explore with them, both are really big. Yeah, as we see here, we got oh, this that's... image of a pterosaur thingy, pterodactyl. He's hanging from him. Go for a Pretty little tight. outpost. That's dope. I like to say, I mean, this, oh, I mean, yeah. this looks good. I mean, this this game looks like it should be fire. I mean, from what everyone keeps telling me about the first one, you know, like, this is looking like it's going to hold up. And I agree with you, Chris. I think they have a lot of potential to, you know, obviously expand the game within the game, um, especially having more opportunity to go to your non-traditional parts of the game for, like, bonus stuff like that, you know? Heck, yeah. Now, we have a couple new adversaries in this little clip here throughout the trailer. You got this... Uh, one dude that looks like a cross from somebody from Marvel, if you ask me a little bit. This, this ugly dude with some really serious looking armor. But this is uh, the moment when we get the, the awesome reveal. The, something I was hoping for is that dual wielding is now in the game. It's not just a little like one move attack like in the first game. It's a full blown uh, combat style um, that I'm, I'm looking forward to because that's also how you... You change up. I think there's going to be three different fighting styles. I would love to see a way of pr- having proficiency in a certain 
uh, move set, for instance, like, hey, if you are a person that loves double blade lightsabers, maybe you get an entire talent tree, a la like Dragon Age or World of Warcraft or something, where you just put points into like getting better uh, specifically. And then each playthrough of the game, you try a different proficiency, a different uh, lightsaber specialization. That could be that could be really cool. What do you think about that, Mel? I mean, I think it'll be lighting be fire. I mean, look, I anytime I play a game like this, I won't have options to play with. So whether it's with a saber, gun, hand to hand combat, I actually would be surprised if they put hand to hand combat in this particular video game. Because was there any in the first one? Hand to hand combat? No, it's just simply a single lightsaber, and at one point you unlocked uh, double blade, double bladed at one point. So like, again, from what I've seen in the trailer, we saw like you know him with the gun and the saber. I'd be curious to see what else they do to try to expand his skill set. Because we know Jedis can fight with their hands. You know, like, we've seen it in comics, you know, games, shows, whatever. So maybe there might be an opportunity where he doesn't rely on a weapon. You know, I mean, pretty much he is the weapon. He's a Jedi. So maybe they put you in a situation where you have to use hand-to-hand combat and learn some particular skills. Or, like they did in the first game, I guess, relearn it. Um, so, yeah. No, it'd be cool. I, I like it. I'm totally cool with different expansions of techniques in video games and making it just more options for for people yeah uh for instance uh taris kasi that'd be that'd be kind of cool uh just seeing some good old like moves kira put on that pike leader in solo star wars story i want to see uh jedi learn how to do that um and it's interesting you brought that up actually it's something i wanted to talk about um where I was talking about before about, oh, yeah, I don't think they're showing us everything. And I don't think they're showing us everything. And that means an entire way to play the game. This is purely speculation territory. So just take this with a grain of salt. But we have seen action figures. We've seen official key art. We've seen pre-order bonuses of blasters all over the place with this game. And I thought it was very interesting that they don't even have a single image of him in a trailer with the blaster at all on his hip on any of his outfits, anything. I look close, man. I was doing some investigative research. And because um, in the first game, they did not even ever reveal that there was going to be a double blade lightsaber. And that was like the big, big surprise when you were playing through the game. It's like, oh, my God, I didn't even know there was a double blade lightsaber in the game. So I have a feeling that maybe at some point could be a gunslinger Jedi, kind of like Kane and Jars or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I mean, I mean, you could definitely see it going that way just because, like you mentioned, all the um, like real-life stuff we've seen surrounding this, this game, like the marketing, like the blasters being included, that sort of stuff. Like, it, it's pointing toward that. And, I mean, hey, maybe... We get to parts in the game, you know, where it's like you're having to use blasters or different blaster implements, whether it be like sniping or pistols or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you have to get more proficient at those things to actually progress to even get past certain points mm -hmm. in the game. Like mm -hmm. I think that'd be a really nice touch as well, just because also, um, as you mentioned um, earlier, Chris, about like the lightsaber, like leveling up the lightsaber skills. Like you know, you're gonna you might have to level up your blaster skills to like advance and also it's nice having those type of aspects because to me it just adds a nice replayability to the game so you can go back to try to like max out everything and you know that sort of stuff versus just like playing it through and being done yeah the thing is another reason why i think that this could happen is respawn is the people that originally made call of Duty modern warfare they went on to make Apex Legends and Titanfall. These guys are the best yep. in the industry when it comes to shooting mechanics. Granted, 
all their shooting mechanics are done in first person, but I mean, come on, uh, whatever. Third person, I'm sure they could pull it off with, with flying colors. I mean, they pulled off an action-adventure game, which we all had skeptic thoughts about before the game came out. Like, how is this game de developer with a pedigree for first-person shooters doing a Metroidvania uh, Soulsborne game? Huh? What, what, what? And it turns out to be like game of the year for many people. So if anybody's going to pull it off, they can. But also, another, another thing here is the fact that he is trying to stay under the radar of the Empire more than ever. I mean, he's come face to face with Vader at this point. So sorry, spoilers at this point. This game's been out for a while. I'm sure people here have already <laughs> seen that at this point. But yeah, so at this, he's trying to try to stay under the radar. So he's maybe going to use the blaster as opposed to the, to the lightsaber. But I'm thinking that there's going to be a, a fusion, kind of like Devil May Cry or something, where you're like, you're slashing a guy, then you pull out the gun, shoot it, shoot, shoot somebody a few times and hit him with the saber again. Something more like that. I don't think it's going to be a full-blown cover system where you're shooting. It's just not the type of game this is, but eh, mix and matching some some different kind of styles would, would, would be fun here. All right, moving on to the next one here. We have a Wampa that is not in its usual habitat, a brown... Uh, fur-colored wampa in what's looking like a farsi area. So one of the great things about Fallen Order was the sentient uh, life that you had to actually kill, like the animals and different things like that. Uh, plenty of giant spiders, giant bat-like creatures, everything in between, little caterpillar thingies all over the place. And that's what's great about Fallen Order is that it expands the, the galaxy bestiary, if you will. So... Yeah, I never expected to see a Wampa in this kind of place, but it makes sense, I it, guess. It makes sense, because in, in a sense, like, the Wampas are like the Star Wars version of bears. Yep. And you yep. have, like, your polar bear and your, like, black bear, grizzly bear. So, like, if the polar bear is the is the ice Wampa from Hoth, then this is your, like, grizzly Wampa from a forest or alpine planet. So, <laughs> I, I thought this was awesome. I think with the, it, it, the character almost looks like, um, the creature almost looks like a, like a minotaur. Like, yeah. really imposing. So, a really cool design. I love this. <laughs> and he's huge. I feel like he's bigger than a... A normal womp. I know they made it that reason to like make it easier as a boss battle or something, but still, like this thing looks huge. Yeah, it definitely has that Ralph McQuarrie feel to it, though how it's designed. Hmm. Yeah, that's good attention oh, to yeah. detail. Oh man, I was this wasn't even on my radar. This wasn't even on my radar, but the Dark Trooper design is one of my favorites in Star Wars. I love seeing them in Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast. I flipped out when I seen them in um, Star uh, Mandalorian season two. These look different. This is like the prototype. This is more droid than human s that we've seen in the the Dark Troopers in Mandalorian. But these guys look badass. But again, one of the things I liked was just the way you kill droids in in the first game, just like completely bisecting them. Right? It's it's very much like gory without the gore because it's a robot but it's just like you imagine if that was a person they'd just be like blood everywhere kind of thing although it is a lightsaber um but what were your guys thoughts on seeing a cool enemy type like the dark troopers here yeah well i mean i, I, I honestly wasn't surprised to see it i mean i mean it looks cool i mean it's something that's familiar you know because i think the first time i saw one was in the mandalorian show um oh i mean it looks cool like so i'm just curious to see like 
what type of like I mean, how's how's the Empire gonna get figure out this kid? I mean, do, do they know about him? Oh, they know about him already. Because like it looks like it looks like he's attacking some type of like Imperial facility or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. I'm curious to see so. how they're gonna like you know go after him. Yeah, because they sent like several Inquisitors after him in the first game. They they clearly know who he is at this point. It's just. And how has he survived for five years is another question. And and what's cool is we'd even get a chance, and we'll we'll talk about it later on as we see another close-up image, but just the idea of uh, Cal, like how far he has aged in like five years is kind of crazy. Like this guy looks like he's like 10 years older or 15 years older because he has gone through some stuff at this point, grizzled, got the facial hair. He's got some scratches and everything else on him. It's crazy. It's crazy. But um, so let me let me, let me oh, jump yeah. in here real quick. So like so, just 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 excuse my ignorance because I don't know the story that well. So the first game, oh how old is he? He's about I think he's about eighteen or so in the first game. Okay, he's yeah. been on the run for like ten years or something at that point. Uh, five years at that point. Yeah, so he was like thirteen okay. during okay. Order sixty. He was like he looked like he was twelve or thirteen or something in that range. He okay. was a Padawan. All right. Do we know the setting for this game? Like, what? How, what's the time period for this? Yeah, this is this is five years after that. So this is like, yeah, ten years after Revenge of the Sith. So he's gonna be. So this takes place around. This takes place around Kenobi time then. Yep. Okay. Yep. Solo makes sense. Yeah. All yeah. right. Cool. Yeah. Well, so here's something to, to throw. Here's something to throw out to you guys. Um, now for. Obviously, me and Chris have, have watched the uh, the interview with Cameron Monahan, but Milton, have you or have either you and um, the other Chris talked about or seen the uh, Cameron Monahan like that little ten minute interview that yes, he I did? did. Yeah, okay, he did. so that was great. Mm-hmm. I was going to bring this up. Um, I, I noticed in my notes before we we um, went live here. Now I don't know about you guys, but man, like obviously the Fallen Order franchise is big and everything. Um, of course, but my thing is, he seemed almost like kind of cryptic, you know, in that interview, like, because they oh, yeah. asked him like about like a happy ending and stuff and all this stuff. Yeah. And like, he was just basically like, you know, it's like, you know, from, from, you know, whoever's perspective it can be and this sort of stuff. Like, I don't know. To me, it's just like, is he going to get knocked off by the end of this game? Like, mm-hmm. it's, a good it's just possible. like, man, it's you can't, chance, you can't man. kill him off this quick. Right. <laughs> Oh, man. Two games. It's like, if this game is another 20 hours, it's like 40 hours worth of Cal Kestis. I mean, it's a lot more than any of the other Star Wars characters have gotten. He's got a really well-rounded story. There's flashbacks in it that see him as a Padawan. And, and everything else. But, but Chris, I, I mean, want to... Yeah. What we're not realizing is this is like um, another uh, popular gaming franchise that has a sequel game that is uh, crossing over right now into uh live action and you know cal's gonna just die at the beginning of the of the movie or of the, <laughs> of the game it's all gonna be about a different character oh my gosh <laughs> so it's, oh my it's God. gonna be like uh what's what's that what's that trash gi joe movie with the rock uh they kill off like an intended oh, character yeah. in like the first five minutes I was like, all right. Oh, man. But, but Chris, I want to thank you for coming on to Outer Rim Transmission tonight, giving us your thoughts on everything from the Acolyte to uh, Jedi Survivor. I wanted to get your thoughts on the game. So, thanks again for joining us. And and can you tell the people where they can find you and talk to you online? 
yeah, you can follow me on social media at Seek3PO, S-E-E-K-3-P-O, and then follow at Culture Slate and at the SWU for more great Star Wars content, gaming content, and beyond. Yes, yeah, so go over there, subscribe any place you can. Um, thanks again, man. And, well, if I don't see you on a podcast, I'll probably be seeing you across the pond at some point in April. Definitely. It's great meeting you guys, too. Yep. Nice right. meeting you, man. Hey, man. Have a good one. Nice to meet you. All right. Have a great Bye. night. Adios. All right. So we're going to pick up where we left off here in our breakdown, our very extensive breakdown. It's crazy because we still have to do a whole other trailer. I'm going to try to get through this a little faster. I know. I know. <laughs> um, I could talk about this for two hours. Why'd they have to put out two uh, two trailers? One, one week. Uh, but we got Bode, this new character named Bode in... He has not been featured in anything else before. It looks like he might be some kind of smuggler character. It's cool to see Cal getting a new friend after what we've seen before about him um, possibly like losing the Stinger Mantis crew or something like that. It's, it's crazy, but this piqued my interest. I mean, yeah. Well, I was going to throw out there really quick, actually, um, before we dive into this character. You just made me think about it, actually. So, you know, while, we're, while we were talking about it, you know, the Empire obviously knows who Cal is. So maybe that's your answer right there. That's why he's not with the crew because maybe, you know, he just told him like, Hey, like I got to get away from you. You know, kind of like Luke in the last Jedi, like getting away from the the first order type deal. Like he has to just kind of be alone. So maybe that's your answer right there, actually. Okay. Yeah, Milton, what's your what's your thoughts on uh, th- this character here? Well, let me change that a little bit. So I'm trying to juggle like, like producing here. <laughs> you're good. Um, oh boy, I mean, at first when I saw, I ain't gonna lie, I thought this was like a ninja when I first saw yeah. this. I was like, oh, like this, like Batman or something. Like he he's up there. Like I assume this is a force user. I oh. assume because like they're high. Um, no, I mean, it's a cool shot. It's a beautiful image. I, I, I have no idea what, the, what this character is going to be. I'll be honest with you. Like, my ignorance about this franchise is, like, appalling because I, I haven't played the game yet. So. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but from this image here, it's I, I hope this is gameplay because this is one of the, the wishes I had on my wish list for a sequel with this game if we got one, which we are now, which is awesome, is the fact that maybe we could have, like, a pseudo, like, companion that we can walk around in the game with that can interact. And there was that one fight with Malikos on, on Dathomir where you don't control the character of uh, Mirren, uh, the night sister, yep. Marin, but she does like hit the guy with a couple like night, uh, Dathomir and night sister magic at some point. So it's cool because these guys are teaming up in a more physical way where like the dude's jumping off of Cal's back and then smashing the trooper in the face with the gun <laughs> with the blaster. I was like, Oh, if we could actually, if they're showing us like some companion combat, even if it's like, um, the one game guardians of the galaxy that, that, that they had a couple, uh, a year ago where like you didn't control the characters, but you could press a button and your guy would like assist you and he would run onto the field and like use a move or yeah. something like that would be really cool. If you could like call out like targets with somebody, I mean, look- well, we we've had that in Star Wars games before. Oh, with, yeah? um Heck, go clear back to Republic Commando. You know, you could uh... use the direction. You could use the directional pad and like send your troop. You know, have have the squad fall back, have them go into attack mode, search and destroy, whatever. You know, defend this area. Like you could do those types of commands. So maybe 
like you said, this will be a camp companion for you to do that sort of stuff with, with the Mantis crew being absent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking at this image here, we have a cool beast that, that Cal's slicing, throwing his lightsaber. Again, just like the Wampa, it's great to see new character designs um, that, are, that are in the game here. This was effing cool. So this is the acknowledgement that you can also use a double blade lightsaber again. I mean, that's not a huge surprise, but they were only showing like the one saber for a while um, in the trailer. But also, B1 battle droids. Again, these guys are... There's a lot of them, right? This is perfect because when you have battle droids, they aren't very good by themselves. You have to have a large amount of them. And as we see, it's like Cal's doing like a, a ricochet boomerang throw with the lightsaber, just bisecting all these droids. And they're holding these cool different weapons. And I get the idea that um, there's some kind of fringe outlaw element that has reprogrammed these droids to have these like melee weapons. They look beat down, but man... I'm just so ready to kill B1 battle droids with a lightsaber combat of this game. It's going to be so satisfying just like wiping these guys out like I'm on the uh, Pitsaki uh, arena on Geonosis or something. I can see this being, honestly, from what I looked at initially, this could be like a training sequence maybe. Oh, okay. I just, I, I'm, That's what I'm thinking. I mean, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think... Like you mentioned, Chris, it's going to be exciting to be able to like fight them. Um, whether it's like you said, Milton, either training sequence or in bat actual combat. Like I think, um, you know, just the reintroduction of them also to me raises the interesting flag of. It makes me wonder if later in the game, after you get through the B ones, are you going to run into some super battle droids? Huh. That's and interesting. That sort of stuff. You know, just to up the up the difficulty level because you know we have better force powers, presumably, like building off the last game. So, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you're you're having to face harder opponents since your force powers are better. It, it would make sense you're facing harder droids eventually. Like if we're gonna get B one droids, maybe it's the beginning of the game, and then maybe later they up they up it to super ones. Oh, after that. I like where you're going with that. I like where you're going with that because we, we got some beefy versions of the Super Battle Droids uh, in some of the Clone Wars. I feel like they, they gave them more armor or something. Uh, yep. that, could be, that could be cool there. Next up, we have this, this image. Now, this is the same character, I think, that's from that back to tank. I think he's working with this fringe element. He's got like a comlink-looking shaver device. We know that Gillette shaver, that was the <laughs> comlink from the Phantom Menace, a little gribbly device there. It's like he's talking about like this thing is the greatest weapon. Like, whoa, you know, this is a communication device. If that's what we, if that's what I think it is, it's like who the heck is this guy gonna call, right? I mean, this is a guy that is in the tank most likely. Uh, is there something else at play here? Uh, maybe he's calling Star Killer. I don't know. I'm gonna keep playing that card, but it's cool. It's cool seeing this 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 other character in here. Yeah, I mean, if if you know if that the comlink, if that communicator is a, a could be a weapon obviously not figuratively as an actual weapon it would be who are you know who's he gonna call and maybe maybe star killer maybe vader maybe oh y'all i don't know whoever killer like prediction this is my thing with it milton like 
<laughs> I just feel like there's too many. I don't know about you, Chris. I, I mean, like I said, I've only gone through the game one whole time, and that was when it literally first came out. Um, but my thing with it is Cal feels, you know, this game, obviously, it, it's kind of like our, um, what's a good example? Like, Boba Fett is the Mandalorian. Like, the Mandalorian show, that should have been the Boba Fett show. Like, to me, Fallen Order is the uh, Starkiller game with a different character. Uh, we still got, like, we still got Boba Fett and Mando. To me, it's a similar type situation. Like, maybe, so with the similarities being so similar, maybe by the end of the game, your final, like, foe is going to end up being Starkiller just because, like, they won't be able to resist using that character because it's, like, I think about the hype for the marketing for the um, the buzz around the game and that sort of things. Like, oh my god! I, I mean, then again, then again, I guess it could be maybe maybe Chris, maybe maybe we don't get any of that stuff till the very dead end of the game, and that's Fallen Order three. You know, maybe maybe your final final Fallen Th- Order three person is Star Killer, but I think I do think they're going to introduce Star Killer in maybe this franchise. I think I think he's got to come into the games at some point like they, it's yeah. just it's too much of money in the bank no and if they were going to put him in a game this would be the game to do this is your your premier jedi yeah. game right this is your premier jedi game they're not going to put him in battlefront you're not going to put him in an rts real-time strategy or a star wars yeah. uh you know whatever this is the type of game that you would be putting them in I will, I will caveat my entire statement though with i would prefer him to make a live action debut first with Sam Witwer, but if they don't want to do that, then throw him in a game. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, you got Cameron Monaghan's exact likeness in this video game. He's uh, he's 100% acting. Like, when he goes to play this character, they're not rendering. He's actually in that suit talking. Like, there's behind the scene. He's got the head set on what they do with the movies, like Mas Kanata's, what they do with Snoke, with Andy Serkis. He's legit on... The, the actual scene, like acting and everything. Well, like, they, they you guys know what we need then? You guys know what we need to do then? We need to just have alright, f- have Fallen Order 3, just make that make that a movie and have Sam Witwer face off against Cameron Monaghan. <laughs> I mean, they, they, did, they did the same mocap, or at least that's the, the technology at the time with Sam Witwer. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, I remember when, like, Cause you got it's funny because when you guys are saying this, it reminds me of Christian Harloff always D riding saying, Oh, Plagueis is coming in the sequels. Yeah. Plagueis is coming in. The, oh, he's gonna be. And I'm thinking, Oh my god, dude, stop because they're not gonna put him in there. Like, it's we have these okay. I am I am conditioned by Star Wars <laughs> and Lucasfilm now to be like, Keep your expectations here in the because, mud, cause, cause, dude. I'm telling you because honestly, I'm Chris. Please don't be disappointed when Star Killer is not in that game. I'm telling you right now, just be like, "All right, Milton said it. He was right." <laughs> like, dude, because I, I don't want you to be devastated, my man. Like, oh, I know no. much you love that character. Like, like we all love the character, and that, that's why I'm just like, if they put, put him way. in, do it right. Put it this way: if he's not in the game, we're getting Quinlan Voss in this game. All right. <laughs> Right. He's alive. He's alive. They said it in Obi Wan. No, no, you're not. I, listen, <laughs> I, I just feel like like uh, this is why I think of Star Killer now. Star Killer is like like a crown jewel character in Star Wars, in, in my opinion, just because his impact he had on that first Force Unleashed game. And obviously Sam Witwer 
when the acting and the voice of it and how Sam is like Star Wars himself. I feel like it's an opportunity to have Sam with where he's only what like 40 years old. He can be the star killer in like a series or a couple still movies. Still looks great. He still looks great. I mean, he's a hell of an actor. It was like that's where you can cuz again, a lot of he's not really mainstream when it comes to the video game from like no like non-heavy Star Wars fans. Like if if my if I told my friend I'm watching Star Wars with tomorrow and say, "Hey, do you know who Star Killer is?" She's gonna be like, "Who the hell is that? Is is that like a is is that like a brand or something?" She wouldn't know. So it's yep. like, but she knows who Luke Skywalker is. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, You're like she gets that. She knows who Han Solo is, like, because she's seen the movies first. Yeah, I mean, to branch off of it, I mean, I I definitely get where you're going with it. Like, yeah, that is a good point, Milton. Don't don't get our hopes up too high just yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I we've been there, we've done that. I'm gonna love this game, whether or not he's Chris, in it or I'll not. To, Chris, <laughs> I'll be the first one. You know, I will. I'll be the first one, whether it's in our chat or on here, to say I was wrong if he showed up. You know that. <laughs> well, one thing to throw out there, guys. I wonder. Um, non-Star Killer related. I was going to bring it up earlier, but not to um, drag like the other Christmas time. I wonder if they're going to start making Wampas be like the meme, like a different Wampa on every planet type thing now. Ah, you know, because thing? it's like now we got a Hoth one, we got a, a another one now. Like, is are we going to start seeing Wampas like <laughs> everywhere? <laughs> oh man. Now this this we're almost at the end here. We're almost at the end, everybody. Uh, we got a cool new gadget, which is another way of expanding uh, the gameplay here. We got a cool like web slinging, like retractable whip cord that he's using, which is really cool. I think this environment could be Corellia. Honestly, this looks like the sort of duro steel, uh, concrete jungle, if you will, sort of location. But again, it's cool to see all these new locations first. Like, yeah, let's let's see the new stuff first. And if we get the old stuff when we're playing the game, hey, that's a nice surprise too. But yeah, it's cool to see new ways of traversal is the main thing I'm gathering from this. Yeah, I mean, those type yeah, of aspects... Oh, yeah, go, go that's ahead. what I was thinking. Oh, sorry, Milton. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I was leaning kind of toward Curly on that one as well, Chris. And then... You know, it's nice having those type of elements in the game because, you know, along with the animal, like riding the animals, um, or I guess creatures or whatever, I, I don't know what Star Wars animals are called, I guess animals, but, um, you know, being able to ride the different animals in Star in the, um, the new game as well, like, it just makes me think, you know, now with this, like, grappling thing, is it, you know, you're going to have different parts of the missions where you're going to have to be using that to get to that, to go to there, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's going to be like an integral piece to the game, which mm -hmm. is nice because, like, to me anyways, I like having all of these different types of things in, in any games, not just Star Wars games. Like, give me realistic stuff that we could do in the real world. Like, because in the real world, you know, you're not just going to jump around and stuff like you're going to whip out a, I don't know, a rope and climb or you're going to, you know, do, do, do different types of things. So it's nice that they're adding just those like little bits of um, like real elements to like what you would be doing in those situations versus just like your stock mm -hmm. 
climb yeah. or jump or run or or force push or whatever yeah and then in this other image here um this reminds me of lego star wars skywalker saga you could do this with uh jedi and sith characters where you like literally jam your lightsaber into the wall and you like use it to climb up in this case he's actually using the slide down a wall of what looks like the same location uh that we were speculating upon just a minute ago there we go. This is this is the money shot if you ever have one. This is a cross guard lightsaber in Star Wars Survivor. Holy crap. Like I I better see some really cool weapon design with this or, or weapon specializations because I remember when there was so much speculation. You guys probably have remember this. All the talk about Kylo Ren's lightsaber in that first initial teaser trailer. People were talking for hours about the potential of just these two extra little things coming off the side of the hilt, like how much that would be. And it actually, they do use it pretty well in the actual movie. Like they, you, he uses the burn fin, then he uses it to like dis, dismantle or um, disarm him with those little prong things. So I'm really hoping to see some really cool way of doing the same type of moves as Kylo Ren with that thing. I remember that teaser trailer too. I remember, for what I remember, a lot of people were skeptical about that saber at first. They were weird. They're like, why would he have a cross guard? Um, but no, I think obviously people learned to love it because it is a dope looking saber and we didn't really see nothing at that time. I mean, again, this is something that's familiar, but also, I guess, new to him. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess it would be new for a lot of people. And if reads or i guess this timeline of star wars yeah no i mean it'd be dope like let's be real here if i had a real lightsaber in real life i want to cross guard like that'd be that'd be dope yeah yeah it's actually they're they're pretty prevalent in the high republic uh, there's one jedi master character named selen geos who has a very similar it's a blue one that looks very similar to what cows has um so it's not out of the realm of possibility but it's seeing it in more of a live action-esque uh type of thing is really cool and the last shot we're going to talk about tonight is the inclusion of the good old commando droids in this game these guys are getting a lot of love i thought they were the droid gotcha at one point but looking closer there is a bunch of assassin droids a bunch of commando droids here from the good old clone wars different kind of paint job but uh you know if you play these guys in battlefront 2 they have that nasty little blade move that they do on you and, uh, yeah, again, the Trade Federation or the, the Separatists or whoever, Techno Union, are very well represented yep. in Jedi Survivor. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. Again, just like all the droid, all the droids. Give me all the droid characters of beat up. Here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's great um, getting the commando droids because, uh, you know, it just furthers, it furthers kind of my speculation as well of like, hey, look. We saw the B1 droids now up to the commando droids. It makes me it makes me think you're going to have to progress to those droids by facing the supers and the droidicas and you know and so on and so on. So it's just great getting to see them. And then like you mentioned, of course like in Battlefront how tough they are and it's going to be fun being able to actually like face them with Cal at whatever point in the game you are, you know, when you do face them. You're still on mute, Chris. Chris, there was mute. the entire in-depth discussion for you guys. Uh, we're not done yet. We're going to go rather quickly through the Bad Batch. Rather quickly through the Bad Batch. What was your guys' first initial impressions? I'll give it to Milton. Did you get a chance to watch the trailer? 
I did. I watched it yesterday. All right. Um, I'm not happy. I'm not happy that Sid's back because I think there's trash, <laughs> dude. Oh my god. Um, initial thoughts. Honestly, the, the trailer it, it looked it looked good. It did what it needed to do. I mean, it didn't hype me up to say like, oh man, I cannot wait till Bad Batch gets back. I'm hoping that you know I'm surprised. I'm hoping that the storytelling is sharper. What is it, like 16 episodes or something for this season? Yeah, 16. So something like that. Yeah. So like I'm hoping that the storyline is sharper because again, a lot of our genuine or our consensus last year in our complaints was you know the the odd missions that they went on that didn't really make any sense or cross was it crossfire? <laughs> what was it? Cross, uh, what was the name? Crosshair. 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 He he was he wasn't hunting them down the whole time and all just stupid stuff that should have been done. I'm hoping that we we get rid of all that crap and just like. Focus on a, a good, strong narrative that's going to one build the bad batch, two include things that ended in last season, but also move the story further. Like I don't need this necessary Sid stuff. So what I saw from the trailer, it it showed us what they're trying to do. Now again, you know how trailers are they they definitely don't give us everything, but I was impressed with what I seen. I just wasn't hyped for this season. I'm going to watch it just didn't take my breath away. Same yeah, here. This like, is like I, the third trailer. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, go on, Chris. Uh, this is like the third trailer we've seen. I've seen the one at Celebration. The one released to the public a couple months later was a little bit different. Um, and this had more of the same, but a couple added things. So, yeah, I was beginning to worry, honestly. I was looking at the, the, the calendar. I'm like, we are literally less than a month away you know, Lucasfilm is very predictable when it comes to releasing their content. There's always like a trailer like two to three months out. And then at that one month part point, there's always a trailer too. So we were under that month. I was like, are they going to just give us a, uh, a statement from the Bad Batch? We are delaying this again for another three months. I was ready huh. for that announcement this week. And so I was happy to I was happy to see that we got a reaffirmation that it is coming out on the 4th of January. And we got some some cool new things to talk about. Granted, we've we've talked about a lot of this stuff before, so this is going to be a rather quick look at a lot of this stuff. We'll start with the first shot here. Um, but Ben, what were your thoughts before we get in? Oh yeah, I mean, I can echo both of your guys' thoughts. Like, I think to me, it didn't. Like I mentioned earlier, does the trailer raise your excitement level? For me, it really didn't. It kind of just kept it. Um, straight you know what i mean like it just kept it the same wavelength uh just because it was like all right so you know you can tell obviously we're we're uh uh you, you know there was some cool stuff there was some cool things in the trailer we'll get into those but to me i did feel a bit of apprehension when you hear sid talking like two seconds into the trailer <laughs> and her her talking about having a job or something for them to do and i'm like oh no like like, especially with it being 16 episodes, I'm like, please, don't make it be, like, 10, 10 Sid missions. Please. Oh, no. Please. Dude, I'm going to tell you right now. That, that's, that's what I'm scared of, Milton, <laughs> is, like, are we going to get an awesome two-episode premiere, awesome two-episode finale, awesome two-episode middle, and then the other 10 episodes in between are going to be all Crash. gunk? Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, Chris. That happens. I'm not reviewing the show with you guys. 
Listen, we, we can do the podcast, and if it's a shitty episode, uh, the Milton, um, hey, what do you think about this episode? Hey, just take me off right now. I'm not talking about it, or I'll just <laughs> mute it. Because, like, that, like, it. Those missions are, like, that's my fear, too, because why would you show her in the trailer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way people liked that character last year. No way. Because it's always, I, I think we said last year, every time we have like a good little art going, they throw her in and it just down. I was like, what are we doing? Here, you here, hit a brick wall head on. Well, here, yeah, here's, like, go ahead. There, there's not, and I and I hate to say it sound negative. Um, I try to keep yeah. things positive. Well, go ahead. Show. Go ahead. You should, especially well said. <laughs> all right but we're, we're coming off of obi-wan we're coming off of andor we're coming off of tales of the jedi all shows that had rather deep discussions um embedded in them that had depth that had layers unfortunately the bad batch doesn't have anything like that on a That's lot of occasions it's it's very surface level a lot of those and then but those episodes specifically i'm talking about infected the, the episode that ben thought was going to be the best oh, episode man ever. you know like, Crash, stuff like that Crash. Like, i that is the biggest one of the biggest letdowns <laughs> for me in star wars tv is that that trash being the 14th episode of the series and i don't, don't want to forget it either because i literally stayed up till three in the morning with my buddy and we uh we were watching it, and five minutes in, they're like, "Yeah, there's, there's Sid's like, there's bugs underground," and I'm like, "Oh no! Like, we're actually doing a bug story, and it versus like, you know, I I assumed it was going to be the Bad Batch, like the Order sixty six chips malfunctioning, or you know, something like that. Um, but nope. So that's my only fear is, and, and also, you know, just to throw out there as well. I could have given them more slack on that episode. That just shows lack of awareness on the whole series as a whole from last season. Those episodes, if you're going to have that type of junk in it, that should be like episode three of the season, not episode 14, you know? So, like, I hope there's a better, even if we have filler episodes, I just hope there's a better management of them, you know, versus, like, putting them toward the build-up to the finale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I want to get into some breakdown images here. The first one yep. is, I got to pick this. This is a beautiful color palette. I mean, you look at the final episode of, of season one. It was a dark green episode. It was the destruction of the prequel trilogy, as we know it, with the destruction of the Topoka City on Kamino. There's no more clones. It was the hard line drawn. This is now the dark times of the Star Wars timeline. But... We're opening up to a bright, colorful, tropical island here. The, the, the place looks great. It's a relatively risky, like, it's not life-threatening. They're running away from these crab type of things, right? It's nothing nothing crazy, but it seems like, oh, this is what Bad Batch is a lot of the times. It's a, a fun, high-action adventure. And it's just nice to see that the color palette being so varied. And also just the CGI. I'm, like, I'm looking at these, like, mangrove-looking trees right now. And it looks borderline live action, like just the lighting. Everything looks so freaking good. A big step up already from season one. Yeah, it looks great. I mean, the color wise, I mean, you it definitely kind of got a budget for sure. Um, I mean, it's it's. I mean, I see this as us picking up in the beginning of the show. They've been this is where they settled. I think we're going to see this island a lot. Honestly, it's going to be like their 
base of operations, in my opinion, where they're going to – this is where they live. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, think about it there. They're used to living on water. I mean, this is probably comfortable for them as, like, soldiers and whatnot. So as Clone War soldiers, yeah, I could see this being where they, they live. Mm-hmm. That's a good call, Milton. I could definitely see that because, you know, that's one thing in Star Wars we we don't really have a lot of. You know, because, you know, whether it be, um, you know, on screen anyways, like Han Solo, the Falcon, um, the ghost crew living in the ghost. Like, you know, these characters always living in ships, um, you know, for, on screen anyways. Obviously, they have lives like elsewhere, but, you know, I could definitely see this end, ending up being like their little like home base, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something that could be. Because uh, they were basically at Ord Mantel before, just going back and forth, back and forth. So it's it's cool to get a different color palette. We got, we got a new image here, a new costume. Finally, a new costume. We've seen this image before from the previous trailer. Um, a lot of this is footage we've already seen. Uh, just a cool scout helmet. She's finally going incognito. I mean, it was ridiculous how long she was wearing those Camino robes. Like, everybody <laughs> could know she was a clone. Duh. You know, you got the symbol on there and everything. Like, what the heck? Yeah, I'm curious it's, it's, to see. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ben. I was just saying, it's nice that like maybe maybe finally they uh, the the bad batch they're like, well, maybe we need to change her outfit, you know, since the Empire is out and about and looking for her potentially. Like maybe maybe it is smart to finally change it up from like the Camino gear. So it's nice, like, hey, that's something. Finally, she's got upgraded because man. If we would have gotten through this whole season two of her wearing Camino garb, I would have been like on fire about it. <laughs> it's yeah, not... I'm curious to see like to how how she's evolved as a character. Yeah, I mean she is a big deal. I, I can't wait to see how she factors in with the rest of Star Wars. If I'm being honest, I mean basically the the sister of Boba Fett. Like we never knew there was another clone that was um, unalterated clone and all this kind of stuff, all altered. It's neat to see. Um, we're still seeing that cross that crossover between prequels and original trilogy with this shot here of some glorious looking LAATs, the good old clone trooper transport still in effect, even though we have the LATE or whatever the hell the other ones are called that were in the underworld of Star Wars uh, Clone Wars, but it's nice to see some familiar sights there. We have a new character here. Um this character is played by Wanda Sykes, comedian. Looks like she's also one of the compatriots of uh, good old Sid. So I'm just to see a you know, new blood in the show, uh, prolific uh, comedian and actress. So we're going to see and hear uh, a new voice in Star Wars here, which is always a good thing. I like Wanda Sykes. Oh, yeah. she's, always, she's always been a funny actress, funny comedian to me. However... Hopefully this is a good fit for Star Wars. I, I'm not, you know me, I'm going to keep it real. I don't care. Look, I love I love LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Kobe, whoever. If they want to do, do voice, uh, um, voice a character in Star Wars and it's trash, I'm letting you know. Like Wanda, oh, yeah. if it's that's, garbage, I'm letting you know. <laughs> that's true. I, I'm kind of, my little prediction on this, especially since, you know, stemming from like the previous shows like Clone Wars and Rebels and things like that, um... I think there's a chance this character ends ends up becoming our Hondo of the Bad Batch. Interesting. I'm very interested. Like, I, if we don't ever see Hondo, I'll be very surprised because he has a tendency to pop up in almost all the animated stuff. Um, by the way, her character's name is Fee Genua, like Genua Salami. Fee Genua. 
Interesting. <laughs> Interesting stuff there. Moving on to our next image to break down here. Let's see. We have another one of Omega. We have, oh, here we go. Looks like we have Admiral Rampart back. We got the, the Proto Stormtrooper Macquarie design. Need to see that kind of Rebels Macquarie influence here with just not quite the Stormtroopers that we know and love, but that was one of the best things I liked. One of my favorite things about Bad Batch Season 1 is to see that literal line drawn in the sand. of like, okay, this is when the Clone Troopers are here, and this is literally the transition when they're on this like green planet with this base and they've seen this. It, it, that was a really cool reveal to show the commandos training them essentially. So I'm, I'm ready to see more establishment of, okay, gone are the clones, in are the uh, cons conscripted troopers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean getting, getting to more of the conscripted troopers, I think it is a really n nice part of the series. That was, of course, one of the better shining parts of the first season. Like, the, the few shining parts of the first season, I feel like, was that specifically. And it makes me wonder... Um, are we going to see more of the familiar troopers we know that were clone troopers, like transition to the actual stormtroopers? I mean, I mean, heck, look at look at even season one. Um, we had the Republic commandos. I mean, potentially scorch. Right. Like, it makes me wonder if they're going to bring back maybe um, the Republic commando squad with stormtrooper out outfit. Heck yeah. Um, as far as this next shot, it looks like we have some tempers running high between Hunter and Tech. Um, well, actually, no, this is not Tech. This is uh, Echo. Uh, what name? Uh, Echo. Echo, Echo, Echo. Echo. So, that is... I mean, pretty much this shot right here is like, it's like we're back with old friends again, you know? Like, we, we know that they're brothers and, you know, that they all have their issues individually, but... I mean, this is typical. I mean, brothers fight, so it's it's nice because that adds some more weight to the journeys of these characters. When we get those those couple dialogue things that going on between the, the conversations going on between, just adds like more character development when they're bickering. They got this opinion on this versus this. We get to learn more about them. This here image, I was shocked honestly when I seen this. And it's not because I know this from another Star Wars thing. This, I hate to say, it feels like it's ripped off from Horizon Zero Dawn. This is a creature that is called a tall neck. And if you go and look this up on Google, you'll find something that looks very similar. It's like, what in the heck happened to get Lucasfilm to like approve this design? I don't, I don't know. I, like how Sony doesn't sue them at this point because it looks so much like. Interesting. The other I didn't. I didn't know that, but. Very interesting. I'm I'll have to Google that. <laughs> yeah, Google tall neck and and compare this image with that, and you're gonna find a lot of similarities. <laughs> it's a cool design, but it just doesn't look Star Wars anyway to me. Like this doesn't. Yeah. This looks like too organic to be Star Wars because basically the idea with Horizon Zero Dawn is it's like, I think th I haven't played the game. I actually own the game. I haven't played it. Thousands of years in the future of America or something and. Somehow the technology has evolved with AI and now the technology has like basically turned itself into animal looking designs. So you have like giraffe things like this walking around, some large cats like 
saber tooth tires that are made of like metal and wires and stuff. So it's a very like post-apocalyptic cyberpunky-ish type of thing. So yeah, very, very surprised. Very surprised by that getting through, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Again, another image of uh, a contemplative Omega. Uh, we don't have to spend any more time on this character, Sid. <laughs> yeah, you can Pass. skip her all day. Yep, she looks the same. Trash. <laughs> swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> I'm swiping left three times. Ah, we got we got what looks like an acclimator or a venator star class. Uh, cruiser there pretty cool stuff is that a is that a star i see i look originally i thought that was like one of the old like star destroyers or uh oh. or star destroyers i think I it like, is isn't it or no is it is that what it is i think i was thinking that's what it was Maybe. i will say see here's the thing i think this what here's my beef with this show though because the visuals look so good and you know i always praise the animation of star wars like they're so good at telling stories and the way it looks i mean if 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 I didn't know this was an animated show, I'd be like, oh, that looks like an actual live like, you know, ship or real life shot. Ship. Yeah, no shot. And like, I feel like with Bad Batch, Chris, you made a point earlier about there's they're very surfacey, their storytelling and not mm -hmm. really going in depth sometimes. That shocks me because Tales of the Jedi does that. They do a really good job at going in depth. Clone Wars did that. Um, Tales or not Tales of the Rebels. Jedi. Uh, Rebels. Visions and those are short stories that pretty much quote unquote aren't canon. It went into depth. It, it's like my god, dude! Like that's mm -hmm. why this show has been kind of disappointing to me thus far, just because like there's so much potential there. Like, come on, you know better. You know how to tell a story. The animation is the best part of Star Wars in the last eight years. Like, so it's. Oh yeah, uh, I, I mean, heck, look what we started the podcast off with—the Fallen Order franchise. That story, like, it just. I don't know. To me, I I hope I'm wrong about this, but it makes me wonder. All right, so you know, Tales of the Jedi is so nice because it's so compacted, and so you know, it's only like an hour and a half long or whatever. But it just makes me wonder if this show, however much Dave's involved mm -hmm. with it, is was he minimally involved again just because he's like busy with? you know, the other stuff going on, like, like obviously, the Mandoverse stuff, the, the priority stuff, like Mando, Ahsoka, um, you know, that sort of stuff. It just makes you wonder. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys saw, but Dave's writing two episodes of Mando Season 3. Oh. Um, so, you know, there's that he was working on. So it just, it makes me wonder how much his involvement is, is on this show. And to that, it almost raises the question... Obviously, like, Dave's amazing and everything, but it's like, at some point, do we just need to let, if Dave could just give the bullet points, like, let someone just fully, someone else just fully dive into the story of the show and control it more, because I just don't want to see a lot of surface-level stuff with the show. It has so much potential. Like, the characters have a lot of potential. Like, the main Bad Batch crew, mm -hmm. you know, my, my favorite character from the series, Omega, I've, I've liked her since the start for the most part. And it's just like, there's just so much there to tell. I mean, obviously, you could really dive into the stuff with Crosshair. It's just like, do we need to almost have another storyteller on the show, like, really getting hands, like, dirty hands on it, like, getting into the mud on the show versus, like, just kind of like Dave doing it remotely. And, and like, it's just like, you know, I, I'm kind of at that crossroads for myself. 
I mean, I think it's just a matter of it's good to not have Dave involved with everything though, because yeah, it it's good to have other creators in there because it will get stale as much as we like it. I think it would get stale eventually if he like touched literally every single thing, you know. Oh, for sure. I think uh, honestly, with him, I really think he just needs to just do the just do the live action, like do the Mandoverse stuff. Like like I said, he's doing he's did a couple episodes. Um, interesting note, guys. So by the looks of it, it, sounds like he did episode four and seven of Mando season three. But you know, so you have him working on Mando, you have him working on Ahsoka. Like it's just like at this point. Just feel like maybe, you know, it may sound like blasphemy, but maybe we just need to have someone else work on Bad Batch. Uh oh. Uh oh. Star Wars Twitter's gonna get me. <laughs> yeah, thoughts on that, Milton? None, because this, if it listen, if it makes the show better. I'm I'm good with it. I'm sorry, like it's. I'm just saying, like the show, ha- like again, that two-hour premiere or whatever it was for season one was so so dumb. good. I was, thinking, I was thinking, oh man, another animation I'm gonna like. Can't wait. Then it's like, okay, I'm seeing the cracks, and then it's like, okay, I'm seeing the gaps, and it's like, okay, I'm seeing the freaking like cliff fall out. So it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> so it's like, we're just watching, you know, watch it, watching the car crash. <laughs> yeah, pretty like... much. So hopefully, they they've learned. From season one and say let's keep it consistent like pretty much the last oh the last two seasons of clone wars just do how you did it with that like it was perfect <laughs> you know like come on yeah so this next image here i don't know if you guys got a shot of this in the other trailer but yeah this is our good buddy commander good old commander what's his name oh my gosh i'm blanking on his name cody. commander cody <laughs> it's getting late i guess all right i'm, I'm sorry to not remember major character names oh yeah yeah what's going on um yeah, yeah so it, this is cool oh yeah it's great getting to see him um i feel like again this falls into our expectations thing but it would be nice if he was the main person hunting down the bad batch crew but i don't know i mean crosshair we, he wasn't hunting them until like the 12th episode so I don't know, like, like the first season of the show kind of made me jaded on and and uh, skeptical on a lot of these images. But to try to be positive about it, maybe Cody is like the guy hunting the Bad Batch crew down. That's cool. I like that idea. I like that idea because there's a there's a moment in the trailer where it's like, hey, not the you know the Empire's good. And he's like the one saying that or to those people trying to get them on yeah. their side, you know. So. He still seems steadfast in that, but he also seems like he's questioning it a little bit. So, hey, we're going to get some development on Cody. Who would ever thought? He's just like, oh, we assume he's going to be like an evil clone like the rest of them after a while. Just flipping the switch and you never see him again. So, cool stuff. This next image here is neat. Connects with another image we'll talk about. Um, this could be on Kashyyyk. We got a Trandoshan just spreading flames. That's a very evocative image there. The next one, very cool. I think this is Tarful, guys. I think this is Tarful. I think what we're seeing is kind of something that was deleted or not used from Clone Wars Season 7 or 8 where they had like a Kashyyyk arc with the Bad Batch that it wasn't used. So we see like there's repurposed AAT tanks from the Separatists with Trandoshans. And, you know, the Trandoshans are 
the sworn enemy of the of the Wookiees. They're always going to the planet and hunting them. We've seen that in Clone Wars on that one planet, which was an awesome episode. So yeah, I think we get we might get some really cool action here on this planet here. I think this is Kashyyyk. Oh yeah, that'd be that'd, that'd be I, pretty I, dope. Yeah, that that'd be pretty dope. Just because, like I said, I like that planet. I think we need more of it, like in Star Wars for sure. Oh yeah, you could definitely see this being Kashyyyk, especially. Um, I don't know. It just feels like we haven't been there in a while. Um, in terms of like the shows, so oh, it's about time. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, we got a different out. We got different outfits now for the characters. So this is something I wanted to point out. It looks like the armor's looking a little bit more uniform with one another. At least with uh, Tech and Wrecker, it's good to see Wrecker in here. Yeah. Now, do we have an idea? Um, I'm not sure if you heard anything when you're at Celebration, Chris. Do you have an, any idea the timeline, like how far past season yeah. one this is? I oh, I think they said it's a couple months or something. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's shortly release. after. It might even be in the press release they had on StarWars.com, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. um, this it next, looks like yeah. That, yeah, yeah. The next shot here, we have some droids. Uh, they look like they're maybe from the droid Gatra, or they're from uh, the the Haxion Brood, maybe from Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. That'd be cool if we got a nice little tie-in. This would be right around that time, kind of getting closer to it anyway. Now, what what droids are these? I, I've never seen these. All right, so in, in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, there's like a new bounty hunter guild called the um, Haxion Brood. And these guys basically are cybernetic bounty hunters. Like they take pleasure, I guess, and like modify, I guess, like the mods from uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Like these people just voluntarily just like cut off their limbs, make them more cybernetic, more machine than man, as a Sith Lord once said, that sort of thing. So they're, they're different than they all have these like different hat things. That's what the, that's what piked me on this interest is like, Oh, droids with those hats. Could it be those people? Maybe. I don't know. Might be. Nice. This is neat. We got another image of, of Gunji. We've seen him before. We've seen him using the force to pull back his lightsaber there. This also got a rise from me. This might have been a one of the money shots for me. This looks straight out of the Attack of the Clones, guys. Um, the good old speeder chase through the, the Coruscant nightlife in that certain tunnel. Like We're actually going to Coruscant? Yep. Holy crap. Yeah, I, I love seeing that shot, actually. And like you said, it's it's like, especially going to Coruscant in this time period, like, just because it's, you know, the Empire's heavily dominating and uh controlling the galaxy now so it's just like man you know that we're going into like the heart of like you know the worst place to go to probably yeah i mean we've seen that in andor right there there the rebels are working underneath the nose of the emperor right there it's like the the, the place that is uh least expected is literally at the base of operations right uh-huh all right I don't know what this was supposed to be from. Oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of battle droids. That's right. I was like, yes, there's battle droids in this as well. So we're going to get a celebration of battle droids in the month of March. <laughs> At this point, I'm not even ruling out that they'll be in Mandalorian Season 3, <laughs> along with <laughs> everything else. Hey, if they start amping up marketing for... If they start amping up marketing for battle droid products, we we know they're coming. <laughs> we got we got the great helmet design of Commander Cody here. 
Nothing has changed. Still got the yellow markings. So these are interesting characters. These the settlers yeah. or whatever this planet is. These these are the people that, that Commander Cody is like, hey, join the Empire. It's good. It's a good place to be part of. And if from a certain pers perspective, we've been seeing a lot of that in, in the current canon and stuff. Like, hey, there is a good aspect of being part of the Empire because if you are a crime-ridden world, you will have order. You won't have to worry about, like, just getting gunned down in the street randomly by some outlaw guy. So certain people are down with the Empire ruling, but um, they just don't see what they really are until it's too late. I yeah. mean, yeah, they, they, are, they offer stability, I mean, for that quick fix, and that's what they say. Mm -hmm. We got we got a good old Venator class star destroyer in this in this site, so they're still using that that Republic tech, slowly phasing that out. The Emperor's back. I wonder if he'll be played by Ian McDermott because Ian McDermott played him in uh, that Tales of Jedi. Something's telling me probably not because I think he's probably going to be in this a little bit more than we've seen in Tales of Jedi. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, that oh, was I my favorite like shot. So this was my favorite shot oh. of the whole trailer. I mean, just being in the rotunda, uh, and like you know, seeing Palpatine. Like he, dude. Look, anything with Palpatine, I'm watching. <laughs> I don't oh, know. For... Go on, Mil. Say any anything with Palpatine, I'm watching. So I guarantee he's in. This has to be the premiere episode. Like he, they're they're going they're going to hype us up by showing him. So he's got to be in the first two episodes for sure. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm calling it now. I bet you, I bet you to go off of our whole um, like transition from the clones to the stormtroopers in the first episode in the first, you know, begin the beginning part of season one. I bet you they're going to do something like that, like Palpatine basically saying like we're fully transitioned away from the old ways or blah 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 blah, like you know something along those lines, just because it's like. They're not saving Palpatine for episode nine of the series or ten of the series. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be the premiere, most likely, um, just because of that fact. Like you got to you got to draw people in somehow. Mm -hmm. Bail Organa, we've seen him in Tales of the Jedi. We're seeing him here. Uh, this is gonna be the early part of his uh, career with everybody. I can't wait to see how he's integrated in the story. Are we going to see him dealing behind the lines? I expected, I fully expected to see him in Andor. I'm sure we'll see him in season two. So I, I'm very curious to see how he's. Hopefully, we get like to see how he's orchestrating uh, things behind behind the eyes of the Empire. Maybe we'll see him on Coruscant. Maybe we'll see Mon Mothma too, for that matter. There's a lot of potential here. Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, he's, it's he's always great seeing Bale. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And looking, yeah, so here we got Bail Organa. And next up here. This is another glorious shot. This reminds me of Anakin falling from the perspective of the speeder in Attack of the Clones. It's just the detail is insane. This is like this is like movie quality, man. Just all the neon here is just the lighting is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, it, I mean that's what I'm. That's why it's like if I if I wasn't a fan, I'd be like, oh, is this like a animate? This is actually an animation. I question <laughs> it, and like that that should tell you something. So, like, 
they have the potential to obviously make it look good, but then let's tell some good stories. It's, it's oh yeah, the animation's shot. phenomenal. This was something I didn't catch on my first watch through. This is actually Count Dooku's old hideout. Did you guys know that this was maybe Sereno, his throne room? Oh no, I, di I didn't even catch that. So we're going to see the legacy of Dooku. I mean, we've seen so much in Tales of the Jedi, which was long overdue, long overdue. I mean, we've known this character for 20 years. And the fact that we we just finally started to see the, the layers peeled back and making him even in some people's eyes. I know Milton agrees with this is almost a sympathetic villain. Like you understand what he did, what he why he did it. Maybe not necessarily the execution was was the best at the end there for him. But you actually get to see where he's coming from. So maybe they'll discover some old, like, hollow vids of him, like his journals or something. And him admitting to some things would be really neat. Or him having, like, backup plans of this or that. Or talking about Sidious. That would be really cool if we can find out, like, ooh, some Sith dealings or something. That'd be, that'd be popping, for sure. Because he, he, he's a dope character. I I mean, hey guys, it may, it makes me think now that you pointed this out to us, Chris. Um, I mean, maybe with all this stuff of the clones, there's a good chance. What if Omega just turns on a hologram and you see Dooku talking to Sifo-Dyas about the clone army stuff? Like maybe we get something oh. like that just thrown in there. It's like kind of a little cameo, you know, for the fans who obviously connecting to Attack of the Clones and everything. Like, I think there's a. Um, I mean, maybe we get something like that, especially with it being, um, you know, where Dooku hung yeah. around. Yeah, because we never did quite get, like, the actual definitive answer. Not, not that we really need it, yep. but, like, how it went down. Like, it still could be a little bit murky. Like, okay, so Dooku got the order from Sidious, and Dooku talked to his old buddy, Saifidius, who, by the way, if you listen to the Dooku Jedi Lost audio drama by Kevin Scott, he's Tagos crazy. This Saifidio character, over the years, has some kind of mental disability where he like literally loses his mind at certain points and has these like crazy visions so i, I want to see if like he's represented like that as like a madman and why duke would still trust him with this really important mission to begin with is beyond me but uh, yeah i hope we do shed some light I think that's a great point you brought up there ben about you know some more connective tissue to the prequels oh yeah and final screenshot i took is this is not a huge surprise. I assumed he was going to come back, but we have Captain Rex giving the Bad Batch another another mission to do. So this this I I I don't feel like this is any like side quest. I feel like the mission he's giving them is going to put their lives on the line. They're going to be maybe sacrificing you know, a couple members for whatever the heck this cause is. Maybe Rex has been in contact with Bale, and he's the mediator to to them to giving them like some rebellion missions hopefully they get away from being mercenaries because it's even mentioned in the uh description i believe for season two like they are still mercenaries are still just getting by like paycheck to paycheck it's basically mission to mission just surviving that way so hopefully we see them have a greater cause have a greater cause that's what i want from the end of this season and no that i think that would be a great I mean, character transition for them it, it would make sense if it went that route yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You can definitely see it heading that way. Um, and I agree with you, Chris. Like, I think, I think the um, the whole thing with Rex is definitely probably like the main. You know, you know, like the main mission of the series. Like, it's the main 
whatever the big mission is, and then we'll have all the other little missions sprinkled in, like, with that big mission in the background, like, as the main objective. Um, it, it'll be, like, the main objective with the different side quests, I would say. Um, and hopefully the side quests are good. But, uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a nice way to end the trailer, especially since, hey, it gives us a little connective tissue back to Season 1, because, you know, when Rex leaves off, he talks about, like, a rendezvous point and all that stuff, and like I think, uh, oh yeah, it's an yeah. Remember it. Remember when he yeah. leaves off? He 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 talks about like a rendezvous point on that hologram thing. So like maybe, or it's a nice at least. It's nice that they acknowledge even that point basically from season one. Like it's it's actually connecting. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was good. So it has to be something important, like you mentioned, whether it be from Bale, or I mean, heck, with it being presumably Dave Filoni, Ahsoka maybe, because, you know, at this point in the Rebellion, Ahsoka is fulcrum. Like, she mm-hmm. she would be presumably doing Rebellion-related stuff, so maybe it's something having to do with her. Um, I, th- I just think there's a lot of potential, really, for this series, especially the main reason I bring up Ahsoka is just because we see the presence of Force users now in this season. So it's just like, oh yeah, all right, maybe oh, yeah. maybe we get her. Yeah, so, oh, I think it's worth telling, real quick before we go for tonight, we are done with the, with the trailer breakdown, so if you want to actually see the images that we talked about, go on to youtube.com slash starraptor and check out our live video for episode 86. But this was a shocker, I put this out on Twitter, I said, oh my gosh, Lucasfilm is getting ahead of the game, they released all the episode titles <laughs> and the dates that they are airing. Officially, this wasn't found out on some, you know, other website that uh, got a leak or something. They literally got ahead of the game and put this out. That's the first time Lucasfilm has ever done this, right, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the first time that I can think of. And you know me, I'm always like, my bow and arrows are always pointing at Lucasfilm's PR. Like, it's like day and night, they're ready to fire. So it's nice that they um, they got ahead of it, or I guess got out with it, versus just letting it just be rumor and speculation, like... It's like, why not? Like, that that's always my big thing with Lucasfilm. Is like, look at Marvel. Like, they're under the same umbrella in, at Disney. Now, obviously not Lucasfilm, but, you know, they're under the same umbrella. And Marvel basically just gives us the game plan for the next five years for the most part. And, <laughs> yeah. and Star, Wars, Star Wars is like, we're not going to give you the game plan for this afternoon, much less the next <laughs> five years. So it's yeah. nice that they actually just hauled off and gave us the titles and it's and you know i know you brought up a few points in the chat i'm sure you want to you want to um, bring up to uh our listeners about some of the titles like being interesting and like maybe more like implications and stuff yeah yeah so first off there is a brand new cool poster release it's got omega front and center followed by uh wrecker tech we have uh, echo and hunter and their their ship that i forget the name of and uh Interesting to note, Crosshair is not on this poster, nor anybody else, so a pretty simplistic poster. But yeah, let's get into the episode. So, of course, like I said, off the bat, we're getting those two episodes, like they said before. Uh, January 4th, we are getting uh, episode 1, which is called Spoils of War, and episode 2, Ruins of War. January 11th, we get episode 3 of season 2, The Solitary Clone. Hmm, who could that be? Uh, January 18th, we have Faster. January 25th, we have Entombed. February 1st for episode 6, we have Tribe. Now, February 8th is technically the mid-season 
uh, mid-season finale or something like that, which is funny because there's no break in between uh, the next week. It just goes right into it. But we have two episodes anyway on February 8th, episode 7 called The Clone Conspiracy. Maybe we'll come back to that in a second. As well as episode 208, Truth and Consequences. Then we have February 15th. We have uh, episode uh, number 9, The Crossing, on February 22nd. Episode 10, Retrieval, March 1st, same date. As the Mandalorian season three premiere, we have episode 211, Metamorphosis, uh, uh, March 8th. We have episode 12 called The Outpost, March 15th, episode 13th called Pabu, March 22nd, episode 14 called Tipping Point. And finally, we have a two-part finale on March 29th, episode 215 called The Summit, and episode 216 called Plan 99. So first reveals for our first reactions to this is, Yes, I was surprised we got 16 episodes. I'm very surprised. I thought for sure they might be cutting down in the episodes. I'm also pleasantly surprised to see that they're stacking up uh, the episodes on uh, certain days having more than one episode. Um, so, you know, it's just a, it's basically a three months worth, exactly three months worth of, of the Bad Batch here. Thoughts on this, Ben? Well, first of all, I think we, um, you know, we briefly talked about it in our chat this week. Basically, the Bad Batch and Mando, you know, they're clearing the decks for Celebration. So, like, to me, that means we're going to get some t- something big at Celebration, whether it be, like, a trailer or a movie announcement or something. Like, we're going to be getting something at Celebrations, I would say. So, I think that's a big thing for our listeners to keep in mind. And then, oh, yeah. as, as for the um, titles, you know, I think... A lot of them um, fall in the, like, the two-parter titles. Most of those sound really good. And then the other ones sound like, you know, they sound like they could be filler titles. Like, the Clone <laughs> Conspiracy one is an interesting one. Um, I was laughing so much when you, on, on March 1 when you said Metamorphosis, because that's literally, like, something a bug would do, and that reminded me of yeah. uh, Season 1 Infection. So I was like, <laughs> oh, man, are we going to get the second part to, is Sid going to call... Man, I'll, I'll be very triggered if this happens, but is Sid going to call them and be like, guys, the the bugs below our, our sewers, they're, they're transforming, oh and, God. you know, is it going to be literal metamorphosis in Star Wars? Oh, so it's like, gosh. please don't. Don't put that like, out please. in the ether, man. Don't do it. <laughs> I, it. It's like, please don't do that to me. I mean, hey, maybe that's why they're releasing that on Mando's release date, so Mando just crushes it because it's a bug. Um... But uh, but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's the titles all sound really good. I know Milton, you really like the two parters a lot, so it's nice. I think for like us, like you know, they're giving us multiple two part episodes in this in this series, um, just because I think Star Wars needs to do that a lot more in general for a lot of these shows, whether it be Andor. Um, obviously, you don't need to do it with Mando because that's really really established. But like Bad Bad Batch specifically, like keep giving us these two-part episodes like honestly i would have just preferred us just to get eight two-part episodes you know like eight arcs um if anything just because it's like it gives you more storytelling gives you more time versus just like rushing something in 25 minutes um so like that was kind of like my big takeaways I, i like the the organization and uh yeah it's just it's definitely interesting some of the titles sound really good other ones are like, yep, this is going to be Bad Batch Season 1. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say the one that stands out to me, and this is something I was hoping we would get from Season 1, so it's nice to get into Season 2, 
is the clone yep. of conspiracy. Um, I fully believe, Milton, that we're going to get a clone uprising this season. I think it's happening. I think they're going to find out about something. They're going to get triggered, and that's why one of the titles is called Truth and Consequences. The clones are going to divide. You know, it's going to be them versus the conscription uh, troops. And that's why we don't see a lot of clones, because I think a lot of the clones will come together and get decimated. And I think it's possible that maybe even one of the Bad Batch will die in the process. So it's my little speculation, or at least that one there. Hopefully, hopefully they just tell a good story. That's all I care about. I didn't know that they released the titles, honestly. Um, but mm -hmm. yeah, oh, yeah. They, they, there's some sound interesting. Some sound like, okay, it is what it is like that. The last one, that 99 one. Sounds yeah. Really dope. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's just good storytelling. That's all I care about. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that one. So we have one called the summit and that instantly brings to mind Mount Tantus. And, uh, what is it? What is the place called there, Ben? It's called like Wayland, 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 the, Wayland. That was like the last scene we seen in season one. It was like the big uh, oh jaw-dropping moment. It was like, oh my gosh, this is a clear connection to the Thrawn trilogy of of years past. And what, what could this Plan 99 be? Uh, ooh, are we seeing like a Thrawn coming in here ordering like a, a unit of clones or something? And this is coming out like while Mandalorian is airing. So maybe there is going to be like the reason why they push this back is maybe there is like a clear tie-in at least that'd be really cool if, like the same day that we get this finale like they actually acknowledge something from bad batch i know i'm getting my hopes up again but that that'd be a cool synergy I mean, you know if they had something i, like I mean i mean it might just because like it, this the question still hasn't been answered where's dr pershing and mando like as in where like location wise so i think he's at mount tantus so like oh you know that's that's your connection right there. Like, I really think that's where it's headed towards. So it's like, like you said, the summit, like that's definitely a Mount Tantus episode. You would assume based on not even just speculating, just like based off of the last season, like they're there, they're, they're, they're at Wayland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's our thoughts and our excitement for the Bad Batch. I would say it's definitely heightened because we got the episode titles a little bit. I like it's, you can start to speculate. It's always fun. Oh, yeah, what's this? What's that? You know, we can look forward to certain episodes like, hey, you know, Metamorphosis. Maybe maybe we won't be so hyped <laughs> for that week. Hopefully we're pleasantly surprised. But there you go. Leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. But yes, we managed to get through two trailers, uh, some set photos that were leaked and uh, even more stuff. Thanks again to, to Chris, who had to leave a little bit earlier. But uh, again, his socials are linked in the comment section down below on both your podcasts as well as if you're watching youtube his credentials are down there uh seek 3po on twitter and follow uh the star wars underworld and culture slate for your latest on all star wars marvel and more so what are you guys going to be up to this week where can the people find you uh you guys can find me on twitter at milton weber 7 or instagram at milton 7 weber um just chilling this week and honestly it's been this is just a weekend for me to relax. Like, honestly, nice. nothing special. It's been a one long week, so <laughs> I ain't doing nothing except for watching the Eagles and relaxing. Nothing wrong with that. What about you, Ben? Yeah, my weekend's going to be pretty chill as well. Like, I just have a an early Christmas at a family member's tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be going to tomorrow afternoon, so that'll be fun. And then other than that, just chilling, like, chilling, playing video games, uh, Catching up on different shows. I got to watch the new episode of Willow still. 
Um, and then, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. Freaking out about all the stuff about DC that's going on lately. As a DC fan, I'm very worried actually right now. So we'll see how all that goes. And then just, you know, meal prepping and like getting things around on Sunday for, for next week to get back into like, you know, just the normal routine like I do every week, just the normal fitness routine, meal planning and, and, uh, yeah, doing that sort of fun fitness stuff. But anybody for anybody who wants to connect with me to talk about any of this stuff on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me same handle at, at real Ben Maynard. There you go. Uh, yeah, my my two cents on Willow in like 30 seconds. Oh, my gosh, that third episode, the Battle of the Slaughtered Lamb was uh, it subverted my expectations. I'll say that because, oh, my gosh, like there was a high body count in a Disney show, everybody. And it wasn't pretty. There was stuff in that episode where it's like, oh, man, they're going for Game of Thrones in this series. I was like, I'm not even kidding. There's people getting off left and right, like main characters, too. I'm like, damn, they are pulling no punches. It's a dark episode, both figuratively and, and literally it's like a very dark, stormy night and people are just getting off left and right. There's a lot of uh, character development in this show and... Uh, I see why that certain people have watched all like seven out of the eight episodes and they were giving it rave reviews. And, uh, well, it's clearly evident why. And it's really funny because, uh, <laughs> I think my mother is actually liking the show more than I am even at this point. And she's actually against fantasy stuff. And I pulled her arm to watch it with me. And she's like, she's like so invested in the show where she's like yelling at the TV, like, get away from the guy. You know, I know she's into it. I'm like, this is, this is great. This is great. So Willow, if you haven't jumped on board yet, definitely recommend it. Just watch the movie first if you can. It does uh, does have a lot of entertainment in it. But as far as me on the channel, I have my reaction um, to Jedi Survivor, the trailer. You can watch that for some more insight, although we went into like an hour of insight already. So there's that there. Um, comic book reviews coming down the line different things like that. Um, so that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you have any friends that are Star Wars fans and uh, want to watch something on Friday nights, go ahead and refer us to the best of your friends and family and also tell them you can download us on any podcast streaming app. Well, that's going to do it for Milton, for Ben, for Chris of the Star Wars Underworld and I, myself, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor. That's going to do it for Outer Rim Transmission number 86. Thanks for watching, everybody. May the Force be with you and transmission.